What's up, Internet? It is time for another episode of Magical Boys, a gay gaming comics, anime, manga, video games. I probably already said that. All that good shit, but from a queer perspective. And it is I, one of two of your lovely hosts, DJ Kirkland, and joined by me, as always, is the ever-so-lovely and the ever-beardy Ruben Medina. Oh, hello. I'm very beardy. You're very beardy. I just haven't shaved in a long time. I mean, mean, who cares? (laughs) Who cares? No one's going to see me. My hair is long. I'm. Uh, let's see if I can keep it up the rest of the year and look truly awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I at most just shave my neck because yes, I, I do that too. Because it, it, get, it gets it just gets itchy and a little grimy, yeah. and I do that every couple of days because my my facial hair grows back so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that, and I haven't had a haircut in four months. So, Ooh. um. I'm just trying to take better care of my hair, so you guys can't see this, but I'm wearing a bonnet, and i that's all that I wear around the house. I have completely just resigned myself to that I have fully become an auntie. Like, that's just what I am now. <laughs> like, I'm like 34, and I'm, I wear glasses so I can look at computer screens for more than three hours at a time. Gonna take and, off your flip-flop and beat me with it? Yeah, like, yeah I got my chancleta. <laughs> And, you know, I'm just walking around, my, walking around the house with my house slippers, and I'm like, the music's too loud from the neighbors. I'm, I'm just really accepting that I have become an auntie. Like, and that's just what it is. And it's fine. Well, that's what this year is. 2020 is the year, of the the year to be an auntie. You're the auntie. <laughs> Done. No, my goal is just to be, like, by, by, by Christmas, in honor, mm-hmm. of, uh, in honor of his birth, to just be fucky Jesus, to look like fucky Jesus, have mm-hmm. the big beard, have the long hair, mm-hmm. maybe get in shape, figure out how that's going to work. Um, <laughs> with with all his depression and not being able to go outside, right. well, I'll figure out how to get in shape. We'll see how that I works. I mean, isn't that a bitch? Like, it's all like, wow, I have all this time on my hands because fortunately, I think I can speak for both of us, super blessed to still have a job. Despite, yes, totally. Despite very, very, very COVID, blessed. Very grateful and thankful to be employed during all of this fucking nonsense but depression be like that because it's like ooh, like i have all this extra time on my hands i can kind of work however i want to work and do whatever i want to do at home during the day and one of those things you would think would be working out consistently now that there's like no excuse to not to but depression be hitting mm-hmm. <laughs> anxiety be hitting mm-hmm. it's it's truly the devil it makes it difficult mm-hmm. it does make it hard but anyway. Can we talk before before yeah. we get into stuff really quick? I just want to talk. WAP is such a like. Let's just let's just talk about WAP real quick because yeah. Cardi B mm-hmm. and Miss The Stallion mm-hmm. brought it. They brought us that summer jam we were waiting for. They did. And I, my favorite thing is just this week is uh, conservatives losing their shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> if you've seen how many conservatives are just like adding themselves about n- having never gotten a WAP yeah <laughs> actively doing the opposite yeah it's like I'm sorry that like you've never experienced a, a WAP in your life like it's so you could weird. never it's <laughs> I mean it's here's the thing right like I have I'm taking off my glasses right away um I <laughs> have very little patience for pick me ass fucking crusty 
boxers wearing ass, fucking Mm-mm. Ben Shapiro looking ass, fucking Ooh. fucking no hairline, having ass, cis het men talking about women's business. For sure. And like, let's, cause it's funny you mentioned Ben Shapiro, who is yeah. um, a man who has a face and a voice that I would have beaten up in, in elementary school. And I was someone who was beaten up in elementary school. Um, that, like, I've never met more of a, uh, a, the walking version of just a punchable, punchable yeah. face. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, and I don't ever recommend anyone to watch anything involving Ben Shapiro, mm-hmm. but he did just on his show read the lyrics. Um, while self-censoring himself, editing himself as he did it. And it is unintentionally some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. And what's great is now there's, I've seen it a couple times, people have taken him reading the lyrics and then mixed it back over the track and Mm -hmm. delayed it. So he's saying the lyrics on beat and it is, it is very good. Um, And oof. Yeah. But you know, I, it's just, there's very little things right now to bring joy and watching all of these um, cis-ass, white-ass, conservative dudes self-own themselves mm-hmm. so intensely is, you know, just a nice, it's a little treat. Yeah. It's like, pack it up, incels. Like, there's nothing else to see here. Like, I'm so sorry that, like, you believing that just because you were made fun of for liking anime in the 90s that you have a chip on your shoulder and that's a personality trait. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's not. It's like you're mad that girls didn't find you attractive back when you were a kid. And you're like, hmm, I think it's real interesting that like everybody likes anime now. It's like, pack it up. Pack it up, sis. Like, maybe it's because you didn't wash your ass. Maybe it's that. <laughs> maybe it was that. Let's let's really think about it here. Uh, TJ, I was, I was having to take an online, like... Um, quiz thing mm-hmm. which sounds like um, sounds like i'm about to talk about some buzzfeed but for work every year we have to do like the um sexual harassment policy oh, yeah. online thing that's you know 60 minutes of of uh torture shit you should already know mm-hmm. sadly enough i'm sure it's it is necessary for some people in the workplace yeah um but it's you know just a real basic basic ass stuff of yep. um uh, of how you shouldn't harass people in the workplace or anywhere and one of the quizzes was like like which one of these things is like not considered sexual harassment in the workplace and one of the options i think i took a screenshot so maybe laugh one of the options says um an employee displays erotic anime he created in his cubicle <laughs> and I was like, do they have a camera is this me i would because it's, it's not, not somebody made by, with the hatsune miku statue in their fucking cubicle <laughs> There's two Hatsune Mikus right behind me as I, we talk. And I see your your horny Bulma statues in the background. My horny Bulma's right there. <laughs> you don't even see the horny just monster. Like, so I read that and I was like, is this, who is this? About? Which all, all it made me think about was the fact that when I go to work, I usually have my personal laptop on me because like I use my work computer for work stuff mm-hmm. and I use my personal laptop for personal stuff during work. Makes um, sense. Because don't, don't cross those streams. Yep. And on Twitter, I follow a lot of artists, and a lot of those artists do lots of not safe for work stuff. Period. Also, I also just follow some like accounts that post adult stuff 
frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is like the eternal fear, which I could just make another account, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that's too much work. Of like when I leave my desk to make sure I either close my laptop or like at least minimize Twitter. Right. Because I know some untoward shit will come through my Twitter feed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's probably like, going to be anime porn. Yeah, probably some, be some yeah. Sometimes I'll, I will open my main account. And even on my main account, like I follow some like thirst trap accounts and of like various sure. big brown boys of, you know, every shape, color, and, you know, woof, everything. It's, it's great. Um, so sometimes I'll just open it. And I'm like, wow, that is just a butthole. Just like <laughs> right there on on my feed. Like the first thing at the top is just, just on Twitter.com. Just on right Twitter.com there. is some very hot boy's butthole that says see the whole video at OnlyFans.com. And I'm like, I would love to see it actually. Yeah. yeah. Which is like you need those you need those pick me ups during the work day. That's like, the kind of serotonin nice little... that I need. Well, it's that, like, you know, like, this is what I, like, everybody's working for the weekend. Right. Nah, DJ's just working for that butthole on the OnlyFans. Re- honestly, like, it's, if you gotta any- make money to pay for that OnlyFans. You, it, like, you can't simp if you're broke. I'm sorry, but you can't simp right. if you're broke. Right, like, I mean, I don't think, that, I think that's the episode title. Um, like, <laughs> you, how can one simp for someone without there being money involved? You need the coins. Mm-hmm. I think it's. A, I think simping and ponying up some cash goes hand in hand. Oh, for sure. And like, I think you can you can like try to figure out like I try to figure out how how can I simp for my partner without mm-hmm. giving them money because yeah. that would be weird probably. Yeah. <laughs> if I was just like wear these shorts today. Yeah. How do I simp fiscally? Here's like, some money. Yeah. How do I? Okay. <laughs> this is going to be our new our new online seminar. It's going to be on masterclass.com. <laughs> um, how to simp your way to success. Uh, <laughs> No, how to that's simp the episode while simp <laughs> to success. How to simp and have a 401k. Um, just, imagine being able to simp and have a Roth IRA. Can you imagine investing in real estate and simping? I can't. <laughs> Millennials could never. Yeah. Never, never. Not, not, in this, not in this timeline. Because we are in but the all, darkest timeline. All of this to go back to just, I felt very attacked by this sexual harassment training. <laughs> 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 Only because the uh, displays erotic anime in my cubicle. I don't display no, but I do have it, just not at work. Because who doesn't have it? Oh my god, I'm just like, I'm just writing this episode title down so I can have it. <laughs> just like simp your way to success in yeah. three easy steps. Um, that'll be my self help book. <laughs> oh my god, I love us. Okay. <laughs> I had to I had to get those written down because every time that we're in a show and I'm like, ooh, that's the episode title name. And then I go to like put it up online. I'm like, I forgot what I wanted to call the episode. So I had to get those on paper and have them at my desk ready to go so that we can have a fantastic episode title so that everyone that listens to our show, like all 15 of you that listen to the show can be like, mm-hmm. again, with the usernames, <laughs> with the names for the episode titles. It's like, yeah. That's exactly what we do here. <laughs> now, okay, so I'm, I'm assuming that past tense for simp is simped, but mm-hmm. I feel like sump is something. <laughs> Can you simp and then sump? <laughs> like, I sumped for Henry Cowell? No, no, there's, no, there's no ED. You just, I sump. I sump? Sump. Past tense, sump. <laughs> samp? I samp, samp for? <laughs> I simped? S- simped is what's probably correct. Yeah. I'm sure. Sump? <laughs> <laughs> but something about something just 
<laughs> I've been something. I, I, you know, I do be something, though. I do be something. It's true. There's something about Mary. <laughs> Yikes. The reboot that we don't need. <laughs> no, that we don't need. Mm-mm. Get it out of here. Oh, DJ, DJ, yes. tell me. Tell me about what you've been playing lately. Okay. What you been doing. So... If you follow me on Twitter, which most of oh you God. that listen to the show do. <laughs> I mean, 30,000 people do. So. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> um, like, I hate it here. Every time I go to a convention and I've met so many of our listeners that come and talk about the show and how they love the show. And then they say, like, oh, my God, I follow you on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like... That's just what I say every time, because I just be saying shit. I just be talking on my ass on Twitter sometimes. Um, but I was talking about how I had a very emotional response to beating Persona 5 Royal. Uh-huh. Uh, um, like, I, when I tell you I was, like, full on, like, sobbing mm-hmm. by the end of it, it was, it was wild. So this isn't really a spoiler. It's just, like, something that happens at the end of the game. Um... Basically, once all of the events are over, you, like, talk to um, the player characters again, like, one last time. And, like, those se- and those moments are all fully voiced. And the voice cast for the English version of the game is so good. They did such a good job. And I... Because, like, it's all the people that you met that are, that are non-playable confidants. And it's all your, your player characters that you go talk to and they all give you, they all like give you stuff when the game is about to end. Mm-hmm. So like go into new game plus if you want to. And I was literally crying like at every conversation I was having with both the NPCs and the player characters. And I saved Ryuji for mm-hmm. last and it literally broke me. And I was just like, sobbing completely and totally sobbing at the end of it let us date that himbo yeah exactly and like and it's um ryuji and on because they've been with you the longest by the end of the game since you're like your first yeah. two party members like those two oh i was like devastated because i also romanced on as well so mm-hmm. i was like no <laughs> It's so is the, sad. Is the new character romanceable? I assume yeah, she is. not. Oh, she no, is. No, she is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Persona, let me romance that boy. Mm-hmm, let me I know, romance God. that himbo. Let me romance the boys, please. Um, but yeah, I I love the game. Uh, total this time as I finished it was 160 hours. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. It's, it's so much. It's 160 hours, and I loved That's so much. I loved every minute of it. Um, yeah, like, I'm just imagining you crying on your couch and like it's like you're my best friend, Joker. Like and you're just like, sobbing. No, that's that's exactly what happened. Because Ryuji was like, "You're my best friend," and I was like, "No, don't say it." <laughs> like crying. Like I, I think I saved the video that I sent to Brandon because I I sent him a video because he was over at his mom at his dad's house. And, and I was like, babe, not me crying at 2 o'clock in the morning after beating Persona 5 Royal. And then I sent him a video. I'm like, it was so good. Like, it, <laughs> I, yeah, I literally had, the, had a moment. The last heart I ever expected to be stolen was mine. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I was like, oh, Ryuji. Um, yeah, uh, I, Joker. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah, exactly the, the voice acting is very good in that game. I'm. 
nothing like what I'm. It's doing. not too off base though for Ryuji's voice, <laughs> but um, it's not too far off. But yeah, I really love that game. I think that the retouched localization of the game was very good because the first time around there were some rough edges around that localization of the game. So I'm really happy that they kind of retooled the script again and it sounded a lot better this time. Um, the new additions to the game really made it feel really fresh. I really, really loved that a lot. And yeah, I just had a really good time. The, the all-new section of the game is buck wild. That whole story mm-hmm. is crazy. I really, really liked it. Um, I want the, the Persona 5 uh, Dynasty Warriors game to come out in the U.S. already because it's been out in Japan for a while. Because oh, Scramble? Of, yeah, right? because it, it's apparently just Persona 5 2. So I, I want it. I, mm-hmm. I want it. I want to play it. And it's supposed to be coming out soonish, but I think because of COVID that it kind of put pushed the game back, especially because they were recording the English audio tracks for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if they're just going to go ahead and release the game with Japanese VO only with subtitles and then have the the English voice track as DLC. I'm fine with that. I just want to play more, uh, more Persona. I want to be in that world of Persona 5 again. I... I love those kids so much. I love that cast more than the Persona 4 cast. And I love the cast in 4. But Mm -hmm. there are characters that I didn't like necessarily so much. But I loved everyone in 5. I I need to go back and play through 4 Golden. Um, you should. It's really good. It's really, really good. I only got partway through it. I I just wish, like, that's, that's what I wish. Like, I wish that they would go back and, like, touch that game. Like, mm-hmm. give me all the quality of life stuff from five and throw it into four because four is really, really good. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I am definitely spoiled by the quality of life additions yeah. in five. Mm-hmm. That I know that I would have a hard time dealing with some of the stuff in four. Yes, yes, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, what about you? What are you playing right now? Um, let's see. I'm playing. Uh, okay, so I talked about. I think I talked about playing Destiny Two again, mm-hmm. which is just it's just Destiny Two, y'all. It's in a Destiny's in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fun. Um, I'm just trying to like get up to level to do some of the new content. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's it's an MMO. It's just a fun thing that you log in and you do during the week, and it's yeah. like when you can't when you can't really think about what you want to play otherwise, or you just want to like hop onto something comfortable. It's great for that. Yeah. Um, uh, the main things I'm playing right now that have been newer is I've played some Fall Guys. Yeah. Um, I played the beta of it a little bit when it came out, and then I bought it. Um, Fall Guys is great. Um, yeah. I'm really, really glad that someone decided to do something different. And, like, it is it is the sort of, like, it's weird. It's, like, people describe it as a battle royale, which it is a battle royale in as much as, like, the same way that the Tetris game on Switch is battle royale. Where it is like, yes, it is a fuck ton of people playing at the same time, and you get knocked out over time. Um, but if you haven't seen Fall Guys, uh, it's everyone is a cute little jelly bean looking avatar. Um, and it's just like uh, the, like the TV show Wipeout or American Ninja Warrior. It's just running through obstacles or like little games. Mm-hmm. Um, and each game, you know, all you start with uh, usually a group of 60. 
and yeah. each game that you go through usually it's like six levels uh, per per like play session mm-hmm. um, whittles that down until like one person wins um, and there's right now there's a bunch of different games so you get a good mix of like different games when you play yeah um, I think that's the main thing they're gonna be adding over time is like new costumes and new games mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but it's just really fun it's like I don't know how that game works when you invite players like I assume that you'll play in the same session, but yeah. there's no like there's no teams. teaming up. No, no, there are there are levels sometimes. Like usually one level for, through, through uh, like a, a play session mm-hmm. is one where you are put on a team like with everyone else because whichever team or the top two teams out of the three that wins that round stay in and that the bottom team gets eliminated Mm -hmm. but there's no like teams with friends in it which for me is the only downfall of that game is that there isn't a way to like play doubles or something yeah um of of that kind but it's great it's just like it's fun and it's stupid it's unfortunately developing a um a sort of griefing and trolling culture of uh, you can you can grab each other in the game, mm-hmm. which can be fun. But people will just like if someone's doing really well before crossing like the finish line at the end of an obstacle course or something, mm-hmm. they'll just like hang out there and try to just grab people as they're trying to come in and like keep them from passing the line. Oh, um, yeah, there's just like dumb shit like that, which is like to me just it's for a game that's so silly and fun frustrating also there's been lots of it's on pc so there's already lots of cheating happening which is super frustrating mm-hmm. um but it's like for 20 bucks it's great it's a great game to stream because it's funny and silly and simple um it's just really good and i'm glad that like it's a really small developer from what i understand yeah so i'm glad that everyone is like the internet is so hype about it right now yeah um and i don't know if that'll keep up but and what's cool is that it's currently free if you have PS Plus. Yes. Yeah, so, if you want to play it on PlayStation with PS Plus, yeah. it's free there. Yeah, because that's so what, I, that's what that. I did. I just downloaded it on PS Plus yesterday. Yeah. No, on Saturday. But uh, that's when I think it went live on PlayStation. And so when we tried to log in and play, um, it was down for maintenance. So yes, the servers got chance, smashed. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to actually play it yet, but it is ready to go. And I think I'm going to give it a shot today for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been that's been like some of my time uh, with some stuff. Uh, DJ, what else you got? What are you playing? Um. So um, I have been chron- uh, chronicling my. Uh, I think that's chronicling. That would be the word. Um. Mm-hmm. My Ring Fit Adventure. Um, oh yeah. Ring Fit Adventure is surprisingly very good. So it'll bust your ass. It it will bust your ass. Um. Mm-hmm. It's. It's really fun, a great presentation. Um, I think of like the Nintendo like fitness things, like I think it's way more successful, in my opinion, than like Wii Fit was. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's just like a testament to like the Joy-Con and and what and what it's capable of. Um, and I really like that game a lot. It's like a fitness JRPG, which is super fun. And if you don't want to do the JRPG stuff that has it's like a workout mode that you can do just the workouts and mm-hmm. not the adventure part of it. So I really like it a lot. So I primarily use it as like a good source of cardio and an upper body workout and, and even some lower body stuff. Um, I use it to do lots of squats and some very light yoga and core work, but mostly just to get my heart rate up and to start, you know, sweating and trying to burn calories. It's really, really good for that. And again, the, the game in typical Nintendo fashion is very, much like, hey, are you good? Do you want to take a break? And I'm like, that's 
that's nice. In a case for a game like this, I want you to ask me periodically, like, hey, like, maybe you should just wrap it up for the day. You've you've been working, you've been playing for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Like, do you want to just, mm-hmm. like, finish and be done? And they're like, yeah, you know what? I will. So I appreciate that kind of, like, attention to the actual wellness of the player. And it gives you, like, little fitness tips as you leave the game every time that you play. And it's really encouraging and it's really nice. And the presentation's great. Like, I think it's one of, like, the nice nicest-looking Switch games. And I think, again, in typical Nintendo fashion to where they're not concerned about having a box that has all of, like, the best specs or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're really about optimizing what they... with what, Optimizing what they have. And yeah. really kind of, like, let's use every bit of this... of the horsepower of what we have and make something really special and really unique. And, like, Ring Fit visually looks as good to me as any one of these, like, hyper-stylized games that are on, like, PS4... And, yeah. and Xbox, it looks just as good. Ring Fit to me. looks like I, I don't know for sure, but it looks like it's the same. It looks like Zelda's engine. It yeah. looks like the Breath of the it, Wild. It, engine. Look, that it game looks like it looks, looks like, like it. Breath of the Wild and um, and uh, Skyward Sword had a baby. Like the NPCs yes. feel very Skyward Sword to me, and they're Intensely, so cute. Yeah. They're really really oh, cute. Uh, in typical Nintendo fashion, maybe wasn't their intent. Who's to say at this point? Because they do it every game. Mm-hmm. A lot of fucky characters in that game. Oh, Dragon. yeah. Um, Incredibly fucky. Yeah. Um, Hubby and Honey. Hubby and Honey? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I walked in, Aaron was playing it, and I was just like... I was like, is, like give me this large and, man. And you haven't gotten to... Um, there's like there's like masters mm-hmm. like in each one of them is like a different like one of them is like i think abdonis mm-hmm. is the ab master um one of them is like a lower body master i think it's a lower body one who's just like well first of all all the masters are like four times your height oh good. so they're all huge good um and and, and they're all just incredibly fucky and the one that's like the lower body one um let's see if i can find her name but like when she's when they're doing like attacks and stuff, mm-hmm. one of her attacks is just like her like grinding her like foot into the ground, and I'm like Nintendo knows. Oh great, Nintendo knows. I mean, look at the dragon, the boss Drago. Like that's a fucking dragon. Like I need to I need to show you Drago's so fucking. Like the furries are eating good. They're going to be eating good in 2020 and going into 2021. That I think furries are going to be eating good for the next decade. Oh yeah, like rise up. Everything rise up for yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, there. I'm gonna send this to you in real time. So Please you can send see, it to DJ. Me. Let me see. Let me. I have to pop this window back in. What is happening here? Um, let's see. Oh no, uh, Discord. No, no. Uh, help. What did you do? Discord. Pop back in. There we go. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna paste this right into the chat. Do it. Let me see this. So Allegra, oh. who is like the legs one? Yes. Uh, like dojo master basically mm-hmm. and the internet is already of course I like typed in ring fit and autocomplete was like Allegra and I was like oh okay <laughs> the, the internet knows it already I love it um, I would love another Zelda game to have this kind of an art style like I mm-hmm. I love it it's super clean and super readable and colorful and bright like I I love it I love 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 the presentation of, of ring fit like but y'all know me by now that I love anything that's like hyper stylized cartoony clean and crisp and just plays with bright colors and hyper like hyper contrasty stuff like that. Like it looks great. It looks really really it's, good. It's also like surprisingly deep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like there's I'm I'm amazed Aaron's been playing it at least like two or three times a week mm-hmm. um and like I'm I'm amazed like how many exercises there are there's to unlock over 40 um yeah there's a bunch and like it slowly kind of rolls them out to you and like how it, it introduces new mechanics like w- over time um it's just it's just really good yeah that game's really good and I don't like I saw a lot of people be like, oh, like I go to the gym and so like I don't whatever. And like honestly, even if you go to the gym, unless you're like in really really great shape, right? I think that you can get something out of it because mm-hmm. it's just it's good cardio work and it's good like um, I know for me, uh, I, I haven't really felt upper body wise it do a whole lot for me, but lower body for sure because like yeah. you squat a lot in that game. Yeah, I definitely and- had days where like I did ring fit and the next day I'm just like. <sighs> okay Mm -hmm. walking around is a little bit rough yeah and that game when you do specifically when you do squats that game wants you to really dig dig in and get low get low and get low to get like to do the highest power version of the squat that you can so uh ring for the series when Mm -hmm. it comes to that stuff so i'm really impressed i've been enjoying it a lot um but what else what's what else are you are you playing right now um, so I'm dipping my toe back in Yakuza zero, mm-hmm. which is like, I'm like 13 hours into it, which I, I feel like I'm taking like over a year to beat this game, which is fine because I do want to start going through the series. I just need to like, it's a game where like when you sit down to play it, you want to have a couple hours at yeah. least. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't had that sort of time for the most part or at least focus time to do it. Uh, but the thing, the main game, honestly, I've been so enamored by has been, um, Blaseball, which <laughs> Blazeball is, I don't, so it is, how do I describe this? It is a fake baseball season mm-hmm. um, with fake teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you log into it, you can go to blazeball.com, B-L-A-S-E ball.com. When you log in, you pick, um, they have you pick a team, just yeah. at, like whichever team you want to pick. You just pick a team to be your, your team um, that you're a fan of. Um, and you get passive income whenever your team plays. Nice. And I think when they win is when you get it. But then you can also bet on games with coins. Um, those coins are used for a couple things. Like you use them to unlock uh, the shop initially and then things in the shop and then elections. So the shop is stuff like making your passive income higher whenever your team wins a game. Yeah. Um, making it so you can bet more at a time when you bet on games. Uh, so you, it's a game that you can like really not pay attention to if you don't want to. Um, or like be super attentive to games happen like every 30 minutes or every hour and they all happen at the same time. Um, you can watch them like live and when they're live, it's just text. It's just, you're seeing, it's like watching the live sports stream on ESPN for a baseball game, um, in text where it's just like this person's pitching, this person's up to bat. Um, they got, they took a strike looking or, uh, hit a foul ball or, um, hit a three run home run, whatever it is. Um, and it's, it's like, all of that stuff is fine, but isn't that interesting? Until the game starts getting really weird. Yeah. So each week has been a season. Like, basically, the, the, the finals have happened every um, weekend. So we've had three finals so far. And what you use some of your money on is called blessings and decrees. And you can vote for decrees. Decrees are things that affect the entire game and then blessings are things that affect your team and whichever team has like the most votes for those things yeah. gets those uh for those blessings gets those blessings and whatever has the most votes for decrees gets decrees so there is a thing in decrees in the first season 
um, and you can you spend money to buy votes to to vote um, called the Forbidden Book, and it was like, hey, this is the Forbidden Book, don't open it, but you could vote to open it. Mm-hmm. And when the Forbidden Book opened, like a bunch of weird shit happened. Um, solar eclipses became a standard weather type for games. Mm-hmm. Um, birds. Uh, I think birds filled the sky. That might have happened later. Um, rogue umpires showed up. Um, <laughs> all sorts of just like really weird, like kind of like almost eldritch horror shit yeah. kind of happens. Um, things that kind of remind me in some ways of like Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. Or some of that similar, similar style. Um, and then they affect the game in weird ways. Like uh, rogue umpires can just randomly incinerate a player in the middle of a game and they get replaced by another player which happened in the finals this weekend and it was wild um because the game is like so limited what's really amazing is that the fans are creating all of the lore for it (laughs) and it's a thing that like everyone kind of agrees on right Mm -hmm. so um there's a huge blaze ball uh, a wiki that is like every player has a backstory um and something interesting happens uh about them there's fan art for all these characters um the team, so the my team, which won the uh, final, the uh, uh, Hades Tigers. Um, Hades Tigers, they have a pitcher, Yasmin, um, Yasmin Mason, I think, mm-hmm. who, like, fan art just agreed that she's a deer. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's always a deer. Um, and, like, there's uh, people have made Twitter accounts that are, like, they're unofficial, but people tweet uh, treat them as, like, the official Twitter accounts for these characters as well. Mm-hmm. So like I follow like Yasmin Mason's account and like Jessica Telephone, who's the star batter for the team. Um, I love that. And like Jessica Telephone's whole thing is like, she is an anomaly. So like she exists in multiple places at multiple times. Um, she has a legendary bat that was gifted her in the game, like all sorts of just weird shit. And it's so fun because you just um, like most things that have really active fandoms because they've left so much, undefined mm-hmm. the fandom has just with so much creativity really filled everything in and so for me the fun of it is just kind of like keeping track of all of the weird like head cannons that the fandom is now just making canon and like at times the game itself um adapts like when when jessica telephone um she uh, a blessing was given to her in the game from one of the seasons, and so she was given um, a legendary bat, which the I think the uh, the fandom named Dial Tone because her name <laughs> is Jessica Telephone. And so now in the game, when she's at bat, it says like Jessica Telephone at bat wielding Dial Tone. Um, the creators have been really cool about bringing that stuff into the game as well. Um, during the finals. Uh, the first incineration to happen to the Hades Tigers, uh, Landry Violence, um, was incinerated in the middle of a game. He's a great player and replaced immediately by Paula Turnip. And so, like, <laughs> the Hades fans were losing their shit because it was like, we have to win for, for Landry. Like, arrest and violence, RIV. Like, <laughs> we have to give it up. And, like, and that's like, that's what's really, really fun about it. Um, like, I, I, I lurk the Discord for it now just because watching games uh watching the discord that is like when games are happening live especially during the finals is electric um like when big things would happen in that game during the finals there would be like six or seven hundred messages in three minutes yeah um so it's it's just it's just a really fun really silly time waster yeah (laughs) that just increasingly has like more weird lore and if that's that's the sort of stuff that i can get really into um and if the sort of stuff that you like and like the sort of community stuff that you like, yeah. 
you know, I, I super suggest it. Um, who knows if it's going to hit that point where I think most of these things that have a lot of fandom control or input get where like they become annoying yeah. <laughs> or the fandom gets too toxic around it. But right now it's like, it's so pure and just good and creative at the moment. Yeah. Um, so if you, even if you don't like baseball or like sports, I think it's, actually really fun that's really great i I love community driven stuff like that i mean it kind of makes me again think about um with overwatch specifically how blizzard gives us little bits and bites of the character's backstory and lore but it's mostly the community surrounding overwatch where people have really given these characters full realized backstories and lives and personalities because still to this day it's like all the characters are just like vague most of the characters have like vague just vague tropes are their personality traits, but like mm-hmm. the fandom at large has really made them more fully realized characters. So I love stuff like that. I've well, always loved that kind of stuff. And I love that, uh, Blaze Ball's fandom is really queer. Yeah. Um, really trans as well, which is great. So like, there's so many characters and so many players now that like use they, them pronouns. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, like so, so many, like most of the characters I think on Twitter have like their pronouns and their profiles. That's awesome. Um, really funny stuff of like, uh, uh, Jessica telephone, one of the, one of the innings in the finals, Jessica telephone and Paula turnip hit, who was the brand new player that replaced, replaced Landry violence. They, uh, hit, um, home runs like back to back. And so everyone's like, they're girlfriends now. Like that's, <laughs> it was destined. They're girlfriends. Oh, I love here. That. That's so cute. And it's just, that's the sort of shit that I think is just really cute. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun. Yeah. I love that. That's really fun. And let's see, uh, other stuff that I'm playing, um, just really, really quick. Um, I'm making my way through Paper Mario and the Origami King, and it's better than Color Splash. That's what I will mm-hmm. say. Um, again, it's very, very light RPG elements in this. And not ev- not to say that Paper Mario as a whole series has been super deep mechanically with it's JRPG elements. It's always been pretty light, but um, the combat has more consequences in this game. And because, like in Color Splash, you could essentially avoid any and all combat if you wanted to, and still progress <laughs> through the game. So, mm-hmm. um, Origami King. Sometimes you are forced into battles, and that like, and they just have they have to happen, especially the boss fights, but the ring system, I'm not going to get too deep into it, um, is a little confusing, but once you get the hang of it, it kind of makes sense. But yeah, like I'm enjoying it. It's not my favorite Paper Mario game. Nothing is ever going to beat Thousand Year Door for me or even the first Paper Mario game on the N64. It just won't. Um, part of that's probably nostalgia, but it, it just, the direction that they're, that they're going, that they have been going in with Paper Mario games isn't the direction that I would pick personally, but I do think the game is very fun. The writing is very sharp and funny as they always are. So there is some fun stuff to be had in that game. And mm-hmm. then I'm, I jumped back into playing um, Tales of Berseria again, because I dropped off on that game right around when Persona 5 Vanilla came out. So I had to start it over because I'm like, I have no idea where I left off. I was 30 hours in in mm-hmm. the when I was originally playing it. So I have no idea what to do, how to even play the game. So I had to start a new file. And so I started to play that again. And I love the Tales games. I always have. Um, I really want Tales of Arise to come out, but I know because of COVID, it has delayed that game 
to God knows when it's ever going to come out, but that new Tales game looks really good. So whenever yeah, it, it does, the teaser they showed looks great. Yeah, whatever, whenever that game decides it wants to come out, I will be buying it. But I've heard Berseria is one of the better modern Tales games. It is. It I is. I understand. I yeah. I still personally think that Tales of Zestiria, which was like one mm-hmm. of the first Tales games to be on the PS4, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's my favorite because I love that protagonist. I love that whole cast. Like the characters were great. It has a tie-in anime too. If you have the Funimation app, and I think it might be on Hulu as well. The tie-in anime is voiced by all the same people from that uh, that reprisal role from the game. So the dub is really good, and the script is really good. So I would play that one too. But yeah, Berseria I think mechanically is the best of the ones that have made their way to the PlayStation Four. So if you're looking for an action RPG, play, play that. Yeah. I need to play it because I haven't played a Tales game in since like uh, since GameCube probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to play Dragon Quest first, which yes, I have I have it on Switch and they just added it to Games Pass as well. So I'm just like, do I? I think from what I understand, the Xbox the Xbox and version PlayStation of it, versions are the Switch port. It's just the Switch. It, they're the Switch port. So yeah. my understanding is that like it, they don't really run any better than the Switch port for the they, most part. They, like it's the they same. don't. So okay, and so it's not gonna look. So, like, the PlayStation 4 version of Dragon Quest Eleven obviously looks, looks better because... Yeah, but it's missing a bunch of shit. Yeah, just, like, it's missing some things, but, like, it's, like, visual stuff that's not anything, like, that has to do with the actual game itself. It's, like, environment yes. stuff. Um, but it still looks really good on the Switch. I, I mean, and I mostly play 90% of my Switch games in handheld mode, so mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, yeah, it I is to play through it. Dragon Quest Eleven is I at this point I will say that it is my absolute favorite JRPG that I have played within the past five years. Persona 5 Royal is a very close second. And I was about to say I'm surprised. And the reason why is because there is a completely queer coded character in Dragon Quest Eleven that has a coming out story in the game and it is so good. Are they explicit about that character being queer, or is it just like it, is it just like obvious without it's, it's, saying? It's it. obvious without saying it. Um, okay. there, there, there's yeah. there's literally no way that anyone on this planet could think that character is anything but like yeah, and a perfect character, like so good. One of the like I protect Silvando at all costs. Like, <laughs> such a good character, really fucking fantastic, like, not problematic, just really, really, really good. Dragon Quest XI is one of the best RPGs I've ever played in my entire life. It's... I gotta play it. It is so good at everything that it does. Like, again, another game, full-on crying. Dragon Quest XI. It's, it's great. So please play that game, because I really want to know what you think of it. Yeah, I need to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to get through Yakuza, and then maybe after I get through Yakuza Zero, I'll take a Yakuza break and play it. Which Yakuza, not a JRPG, but a lot of things about it that oh yeah feel like it. Oh yeah, definitely has a lot and of JRPG elements in it for sure. Speaking of perfect boys, Kiryu is just oh yeah, protect Kiryu at all costs. Period. Yeah, protect him at all costs. Mm-hmm. He's he's perfect, and he's so much softer than he seems. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see, uh, let's see, just stuff watching. Um, we talked about decadence, I think, last week. Yeah, we did. Or last recording. Um, I've been, I've been just like, just mainlining the office, mm-hmm. just 
because I never really watched it yeah. when it was on TV. Mm-hmm. Aaron watched some of it. And so it's just been like, let's just have this on in the background. And because it's just so easy to watch. Yeah. It is. That show is still very funny. Yeah. It's interesting to watch. Like that writer's room early on was surprised. Like Mindy Kaling, I think was one of yeah. like in the writer's room she from was. the beginning um, and directed episodes in production. Um, so I had like a, from what I understand, a somewhat diverse writer's room early on. That show still like, especially early on mm-hmm. and even like later on plays with racism in ways that I think are funny, but also uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, so it does. consistently it does, which is like, and I, so I feel conflicted about it as a comedian. Cause I'm just like, I know that like they're showing how much of a like weenie Dwight is yeah. or how just fucking completely clueless Michael is yeah. when they do these things that are so heinously racist, yeah. um, that are like, you know, uh, microaggressions at the very, very, very best, usually far worse. Um, and I understand that the show is like saying like, you know, show, having these characters do these things to be like, obviously this is wrong. Yeah. Um, and we're laughing at them for being so out of touch. Yeah. Um, and, but it's still like, I don't know. I still definitely feel ways about it though. When it happens, I'm just like, Oh, Oh boy. Yeah. And certainly some language in it. That's like language that's used. That's data. That's like, I don't think they would, Use that. They wouldn't use it. They wouldn't use that now. They like for sure. Like that's the one thing that I think um, in like the age of like being able to like binge shows that came out. Let's say in like the early to mid 2010s or like even like the early mm-hmm. 2000s to mid 2000s that you kind of see where we were like culturally surrounding certain types of language, and I think in in criticism of this type of content, I don't think I think more people honestly and really need to take into consideration cultural context and time of when that sh- when these shows were created. Like, again, yeah. some of these things are still are problematic and have been problematic since the dawn of time. Like the shows that still have episodes about blackface, like why, why are they, why are they still doing it when, when blackface has been wrong since like the dawn of time? So mm-hmm. yeah, there are certain things about it that are just like full stop. It's not good. Um, what I will say though, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure that I keep, no, where I'm going with this, but, um, yeah, like me and me and Brandon were watching, cause Brandon's never really watched The Office either. And mm-hmm. I've watched some of it, but not all of it. It's like, and you're talking about like all the microaggressions and stuff that the diversity episode that I, the diversity training episode was yes. episode two of season one. Yeah. And yeah. that was like. Whoa, yikes. <laughs> like in terms of like the microaggressions and, and all of that stuff, it was like it was very, very like tiptoeing on on the edge of yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah, like I mostly think that the office holds up. That I feel the same way about Parks and Rec as well. Um oh, they totally. both kind of were produced and started at a time to where we were just starting to have conversations around like queerness and more conversations about blackness and, and like racism in general that you kind of started to see the wheels turning and the language changing as the shows went on in its production. But yeah, yeah, yeah. starting off, it's like, Ooh, this is yikes. Not today. Well, it's like, I think, I think these shows and I think even in some of these, like even like what we're probably fairly progressive writers yeah. as oh, well. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. We're like, so. we want to talk about this stuff. Like, Oscar's a queer character in The Office, which when The Office first started was probably a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, enough so that, like, 
him being uh, closeted is a big deal in the early uh, seasons of The Office, which like it was like it took me a second because it's been a while since I've like watched a TV show where that's like a big plot point that a character really doesn't want other people to know that they're gay. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, that's great. But then like, Ooh, it's so much about how Oscar gets treated for being gay in the early seasons yeah, is, is so rough. It's so rough, um, for sure. Or just stuff like the only black guy in the office, uh, or like the only black guy who's like in the office proper, who's not down in the warehouse, mm-hmm. Stanley, is like played in a bunch of various typical black guy roles. Yeah. Or same with like Parks and Rec, right? Like with Donna, who I love Donna. Yeah. But like very much that type of character and the only black person. So it's like there's not there's not a good way to like show a big difference, right? Right. Um, or at least like could with like the colorism of, of like Donna versus say like Rashida Jones's character, right. Mm-hmm. Being mixed. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Sam at the same thing with the Simpsons where I, we were watching a lot of old Simpsons and like, I forgot how as good and frequently progressive as the Simpsons was. It was intensely transphobic for a long time. Mm-hmm. There were so many transphobic jokes yeah. in that show. Um, and there, there are seasons where they're like, they're constant. Like it's almost every episode where I'm just like, right. what was going on in the writer's room this season where this was like thought of as funny every time. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's just interesting. It, again, like you said, it's a thing where it's, I think obviously context of time should be taken to account. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean those things aren't problematic. Oh, absolutely. It just means like, I, yeah. I just think as part of the conversation that needs to happen about these shows as people revisit them and people are kind yes. of learning about these things for the first time. Um, because again, they were either literal children when those shows were airing, and they didn't have the the language or even like the the understanding of what is and isn't racism and all of that stuff. Being being young is to consider the context of the time as part of our discussion of these things when we continue to criticize and talk about how what they are saying and doing is inherently problematic and how we shouldn't. Mm-hmm bring this stuff forward as we make new shows that are about that, that, that are, that are about these kind of topics and things like that. So, yeah. And it doesn't mean we're vilifying those no, people or anything. No, 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 it no. just means that we're saying like, I mean, I would, I would venture to guess that most of those writers rooms and actors that were involved can like look at those series and be like, yeah, like we definitely did some stuff at the time that we, you know, we knew it was a little bit on the edge, but we didn't think of as being offensive right. or being that bad or that rough for this language used. And, you know, we look back on it 10 years later and we're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was wish we hadn't done that. Right. Um, so it's 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 definitely it's interesting to go back, especially I think is because um, because of like the nature of comedy is usually it wants to talk about new stuff or it wants to like find jokes and things. Right. And it's like it's a delicate balance to find jokes and things and also not like. Uh, uh, make make a, a victim out of a group when you do it. Oh, um, especially when you're trying yeah. to talk about it in the right completely. way. Completely, yeah. Um, there's like there's yeah the there are levels to it, and it's I can imagine just like what our writers room about something like this looks like, and how do we tackle these subjects that are that are touchy subjects, but do it in a way that is not problematic, but and also respectful at the same time. So it's it's funny, and I think like what finding that line is hard. And one of the ways to do that, I think, is being like, we're going to have this character who's obviously an awful, shitty person yeah. or someone who just doesn't know any better be the person who says this stuff. But you also have to like, okay, we know that we're making them the butt of the joke. But is that like, 
does it there's still like i think a line or there's still a place and it's different for everyone where like even if you're doing that even if you're making it obvious that these these people are terrible um like do you still need that joke or those languages is what you're doing yeah so it's it's always a, a difficult and interesting i think thing to go back and look at but we've been enjoying going i mean it's uh, as far as a comedy it does hold up pretty well yeah, so far. i agree um but let's see um what's what's currently still on my docket of stuff that i'm watching um just really quickly god of high school been watching that um it's it's fine <laughs> like if you just want like popcorn like tournament arc the anime like it's perfect that's that's what it is and it's been a lot of fun and enjoyable um it hasn't been doing anything different or new to me yet in the fighting tournament battle anime genre but it's solid Mm -hmm. so i've been enjoying that um but i just wanted to get through that quickly just to say that i have watched all of netflix's offerings for one piece which you finished Alabasta is so good. Yeah, I. So, I will say with my entire chest that One Piece, I believe, in my my opinion, is better than Naruto narratively. Mm, mm-hmm. And the reason hmm. why I say this is mainly for one big reason is that. While Oda maybe draws one body type for all of the girls, but at <laughs> and least, one face type, <laughs> but at least two face types, <laughs> they get to do things and they have agency sure. in yeah. One Piece. Like Nami's whole arc at Arlong Park That's was good. incredible. Mm-hmm. It was so good, and Vivi's story. Through Alabasta. Yep. So fucking good. Like Alabasta is good because of Vivi. Yeah. Like she's what makes that arc really good because I think you're so invested in everything that she's dealing with. Yeah. I mean, and like the straw hats like are just a really great diverse group of characters that have their own motivations and wants and needs and desires. And that is established so early on so succinctly Mm -hmm. and in such a great way and then they throw us into their backstories like soon after us meeting them and you Mm -hmm. just fall in love with them so quickly they're so they're so three-dimensional they're they're fun like Usopp's whole story was really Mm -hmm. touching and endearing like I love that like Every, like everyone, like, and I'm I'm obsessed with Chopper. Like, Chopper's story was great. Chopper's Chopper's the and best. I, I, love I Chopper. just I I really really like that show a lot, and it's the most shonen of shonen animes. But like every, but like you you understand why One Piece has been around for over twenty years at this point. Like mm-hmm. it, it is just that good. It's really really great. I have been having so much fun with it. Um, and I've been watching the dub because I was watching it as I was working. That's how I, that's the only way that I'm going to be able to get through stuff like this is being able to kind of multitask. And I really like 
I really like that dub. That dub is very good. Funimation did a really good job with the One Piece dub. Um, and yeah, I just love that 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 crew. Like, I'm gonna start reading the manga mm-hmm. going forward from from Alabasta on. But yeah, I've really enjoyed myself. I know that there's more of the anime that I can watch on the Funimation app, but God, trying to use the Funimation app in the web, they have the worst, Oof. worst uh, video player. It's so bad. It's awful. It's so it's really bad. Bad. So yeah, I'm just reading it at this point, and I yeah, I, I love it. I love that series a lot. So I, I see it lives up to its hype. It lives up to the expectations. I understand why it has stood the test of time. It is so good. Like, and don't get me wrong, I am a Naruto stan, but mm-hmm. like completely. Like, I've been with Naruto since 1999. Like, I I love that series a lot. It has a ton of problems. One Piece does as well. But I think in terms of like what they're both trying to achieve, which are doing different things. But again, we're talking about two books that ran Shonen Jump for over a decade. Like, like One Piece is just like miles and miles ahead. I would say the same thing about Hunter Hunter as well. Like, it's just miles and miles mm. ahead of what Kishimoto was doing with Naruto. And Naruto is still so very good. I haven't watched any of the One Piece anime uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen, like, a couple clips here and there. Yeah. Um, I would have to... Hmm. I don't disagree about anything that you're saying about One Piece. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm now... I've been reading the manga, and I'm now I'm 600 chapters in. Yeah. Um, so, spoiler alert. If you're going to go read the manga now, after Alabasta... You're going to read through what is my least favorite arc so far, Skypea, yeah. which still good, but just don't be if you go to the manga and it feels rough, that is probably I would say that'll probably be because Skypea is a so-so arc, in my opinion, mm-hmm. versus going from the anime to the manga. Um, I One Piece has a lot of uh, pacing issues, I yeah. think, until Alabasta and from Alabasta to where I am now is like. It's a nonstop. It's like that train is going nonstop, um, and it's great. Sky P is like the one lull in it, in my opinion. Um, I have, I feel like I'd have to go back and read Naruto, which is mm-hmm. like, uh, th- that's seven hundred chapters. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think the things that One Piece does incredibly well is, like you said, I think so many women in it have agency and are strong and do shit. Yeah. Um, I wish that they were more consistently like part of the crew. Yeah. Like you get, you get like Vivi's pretty strong, but like she'll never, which I guess this is also just a shonen thing, right? Vivi's strong, but she'll never be, none of the women ever tend to be as strong as like, uh, Zolo, Sanji, or do they say Zoro? In they the say Zoro, or Zolo? So, Zoro? Okay. Initially, so initially when like four kids got the, got the rights to one piece. And this was also uh-huh. very early on when the manga was being serialized in in like the U.S. Shonen Jump. They yeah. changed his name to Zolo, but they yeah. then they started calling him Zoro. Because in the in Shonen Jump, currently it's Zolo. Oh, so um, is, is in Zolo the, the manga is still Zolo? Yeah, at least unless they changed it after chapter six hundred at some point. But it's been Zolo for a okay, while. Okay, yeah, it's Zoro um, in the anime. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so Zoro. Zolo, Sanji and Luffy are like 
always going to be stronger than like right. any of the women usually involved, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but we do get like Nico Robbins, super strong. Um, Boa Hancock, who you'll get to, is one of the warlords of the uh, of like the, one of the seven warlords of the ocean. Um, you do get really really strong women, but you also get like you get whole stories that uh, revolve around them. Yeah. You get uh, even with like Nami never being strong. Um, Nami is given ways to fight. Yeah. Um, she has her, her staff that does like weather shit. Yeah. Um, and that gets stronger later in the series as well. Like, so she stays like able to be a part of the crew. Um, and it's not just the women, right? Like Usopp for the most part stays weak compared to most people. Yeah. Um, same with like chopper, right? Yeah. Uh, chopper is strong in very conditional, um, situations. Um, so I think like, I think overall Oda, does a better job of like giving women shit to do. I feel like, I feel like it's not untrue that Naruto's really bad at that, yeah. but I do. Naruto does have so many good oh, women they, characters. Oh, completely. It's completely. just cause like, I mean, when I think about like how many there are that are really, really, really strong, it's just that like Sakura got done. So I think for some, for me, I think it sometimes feels like Sakura got done so dirty yeah. in that series yeah. that it kind of like removes any goodwill. Yeah of like how there's other really great, really strong yeah. women characters. Yeah. Like the fucking, the fucking final boss of all of Naruto is, uh, the Kaguya, yeah. um, like the moon princess, like lady, like there are super strong women characters that are really important to story stuff in it, yeah. um, that have great relationships. So I feel like, and I feel like I'd have to, not that Kishimoto did a great job and he for sure did Sakura dirty. Yeah. Um, because Naruto and Sasuke just have power creep that no one else can match. Right. Um, and Sakura should have been right up there with them because she's incredibly like powerful. Like, on paper, she um, is just as strong, if not more so, she, than either than either. She's them. also the first one of them to fucking merc somebody. Yeah. Like, the Sasori fight, mm-hmm. I, which is, like, the one of the first major fights in Shippuden. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, like, one of the first people that kills a, a human um, and <laughs> of the three main characters. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, now I... But reading One Piece, you're right. I do see that. I'm like, oh, I get why this has been going for 23 years and why it's the most loved Mm -hmm. comic period Mm -hmm. in Japan. Like it's still like the only thing that's outsold it anytime recently was Demon Slayer because everyone slept on Demon Slayer until it had an anime. And then everyone um, I was looking at the the manga sales like numbers for basically the last like eight, 12 months Mm -hmm. and like One Piece is in like second place with like five or six million volumes mm-hmm. and demon slayer has like 46 million volumes sold yeah because everyone at this point's buying one piece as it comes out yeah um and people are backlogging on demon slayer mm-hmm. um but no one piece is amazing hunter hunter is also incredibly good yeah. i need to get farther in it i need to just read the manga um yeah. i mean i i would suggest watching it too because it's done by madhouse and it looks good the entire time like what i've watched is looks great great. yeah it's and it's consistently good like the anime is really 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 solid so i would honestly recommend watching it because it's a really it's a really fun watch Um, and the dub is pretty good as well mm -hmm. yes i yeah but this is sort of stuff where it's like i wish like i know people like because it's the new hotness talk about my hero in the same breath and i'm just like Y'all, it's not though. If you go and read One Piece, like you see where One Piece like was the trailblazer for all oh, this yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, and it really defined it. And that's not saying my hero is great. Um, especially the current arc of my hero is like the best that comics ever mm-hmm. been. Um, but 
yeah, it's, I mean, there's a reason why One Piece has been around for forever and has been loved so much for so long. Yeah. And One Piece has problems. Like, again, yeah. all the women have the exact same body. Most of them have the same face. I thought Boa Hancock and Nico Robin were the same people. I thought they were the same for, character like, for a long time. Anytime I saw, like, any, like, not, like, fan art of them, like, official art, official yeah. art posted, I'd be like, oh, that's a different look for Nico. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. Um, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. Read One Piece. Yeah, read, read One Piece. Absolutely. Um, but what what else are you watching? Or is that it for you? That's really I've I've really just been like, why? Oh, I've been watching uh, what we do in the shadows, the TV show, mm-hmm. which is also very very. If you if you like the movie, the TV show is just like more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, different cast, but very 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 good. If you just want, it's also like it's just very silly. The same way what we do in the shadows was. Mm-hmm. So on FX, I believe. Yes, yeah, it is on FX. You are correct. Um, and for me. Um, I'm watching Kakeguri again um, because I just can't get enough of that horny gambling show. It's stunt queen it's, gambling. It's so it's it, I've watched it all the way through at least four times, both seasons, and it, I mean it's just fun. It's just really, really fun and ridiculous. Um, I never finished it. I need to. I see, yeah, uh, the 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 way that season two ends, I'm not super huge fan of. But again. One of the few things where the live action adaptation I think is better than the anime. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, watch watch it all. It's it's fun. It's really really fun. Um, yeah, again, we've been me and my husband have been watching Hunter Hunter. Um, we're in the Chimera Ant arc, and it's we're towards the end of it, and it is dragging on a little too much for whatever reason. But I I really like that show a lot. Um, let's see. And so, uh, sadly, I just found out that it recently just either was canceled or it ended, uh, this past week, but Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that was on Nickelodeon just ended because that show has some of the best animation that I've seen in American kids cartoons in a long time. I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've seen any... TV anime outside Japan that looks as good in a while either. Yeah. Like Rise Rise looks so like and, and I'm sure it's like kind of few and far between, but when they do action sequences, the the choreography, yeah. the animation, um, you know that that you know that like that studio is full of anime nerds oh, because completely. there's constant anime references happening all the time. But it is just their eye for how to choreograph action sequences is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got like trigger seems to be a big influence yeah, there definitely. for sure. But whew, yeah, every time I see a clip from that show, I'm just like, how is this show this pretty? And no one talks about right. it. Right. Cause like Nickelodeon like has like relegated it to like Nicktoons and it's like, it's not accessible unless you specifically have that, that network. And it's one of those things like for someone that has Comcast and a lot of the networks that have tie-in apps, and they're like, "Oh, like connect with your cable for provider." Like, and Comcast is never one of them, so like I don't mm-hmm. get to watch a lot of that stuff like legally. <laughs> so it's hard to kind of get a track of that stuff. So I ended up just buying the first season of Rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on iTunes, so I can like watch mm-hmm. it on my phone or on my iPad or on my Apple TV, and it's great. Like, it's it's really funny. It's sharp. And the again, the action sequences are just so snappy and good. Like again, there are just tons and tons of anime nerds that are on that show, and it shows. And it is a love letter to not only 
Ninja Turtles as a franchise, but to anime as well, which I love that we are in a generation where we're getting shows now that are people that grew up with, that are our age and grew up with like being exposed to anime and manga for the first time. And even the younger generation of people that are like in Gen Z that are coming out of college, um, that are getting their jobs and breaks in animation. And you're seeing that, that just like inundated in the work. And it's awesome. It's really awesome to see. Mm. So I need yeah. to sit down and actually watch the show. Cause I've only really just seen like the clips, the clips of action yeah. scenes, but I've heard the show itself is also really, it's really, really good. good. It's really good. I, yeah. I definitely like it. It's one of my favorite um, American cartoons that I've, that I've seen. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff that's out right now. Like Owl House is really good. Amphibia is also really good. I need to watch. I need to watch both of those. I have. Yeah. Um, both of those shows are really good. Um, they need to put them on Disney plus Disney keeps like keeping its best shit off of Disney plus And I'm so I pissed know. off. About it's it. like, just like let Amphibia and an Owl House air on Disney plus a day after it comes out. Like, and you're, I think Owl House also just had its just like, like out loud said one of its characters is gay or bi. Mm-hmm. Like that just happened, I believe. Yeah, on the show. A, it, was and it, it, was, it wasn't like an implied thing. Yeah. It was like a yes. And I saw some and of the, like, uh, the storyboards from that. And again, like uh, Spencer Wan did some of the boards on it. And Spencer Wan, if you guys mm. don't know, is an incredible storyboard artist and artist in general that has worked on so many different anime projects and Western projects. It like he, his boards are like unmatched. He's so good. He at what He does Castlevania, yeah, right? He works on Castlevania. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, ama- if you want a series that has amazing action yeah. choreography and animation, big shout outs to powerhouse animation for doing the damn thing on that show because it's great. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's all that, uh, that I'm watching. Oh, oh. And huh? my, my favorite trash reality shows, I'm watching the real housewives of Potomac and it is, Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say Real Housewives of the Potomac? Yes, it is. Is that a fucking thing? Yes. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's great. It's or what I like to call the real light-skinned housewives of uh, of Atlanta. So Oh, my it's, God. Oh, my it, God. Oh, it is great. It is, it's better than Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, it. it is so, so good. Um, it just, it's great. It just sounds like, it sounds like a fake. It sounds fake. It sounds like a fake. It sounds like a fake season. Yeah, no, it's, like it sounds like if you were making fun of it. Oh god, it's so you'd be like bad. like real high like real housewives of the Chattahoochee. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It sounds ridiculous and made up, but no, it's real. It sounds fake, and it's very good. Oh my god, and it's very very oh my good. God. But um, that's okay. it for all that I'm watching and playing. <laughs> all right, good. Yeah, good. No more. Let's let's not talk about it. Good. Anymore. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Uh, well, do you want to take a quick a quick break and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about some some news yeah. and uh, some questions yeah. from our our listeners? Let's do it. And we are back, and we're going to talk about some stuff that's going on in like the games and anime space because there's lots that's been going on. We've had a couple of um, game events over the past two and a half weeks. So there's a couple things to talk about all amidst during COVID. So it's cool to see that stuff is still happening and that lots of places are doing work from home. So things are still happening. So let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's jump into it. Let's- yeah, we had, uh, let's see, there's a, the Xbox game event that happened yes. later last mm-hmm. month, which, um, uh, this, <laughs> I don't remember most of what was shown. So that probably isn't the best. Yeah. Not <laughs> best thing. The, the, what, the thing that, that stuck out to me and what I saw a lot from people on, at least in the comments on YouTube was the, um, 
the not Fantasy Star Online 3, Fantasy Star Online 3 that's coming out for Windows and uh, Xbox Series X and Xbox One still. Yeah, it just looks really good. Mm-hmm. It just looks like they totally revamped. Um, looks like the combat's revamped a yeah. little bit, but like the graphics are totally revamped. Um, it looks really, really nice. Yeah, so like my biggest issue with Fantasy Star Online 2 is that there are so many like menus and things and systems that are all really, really confusing. And it looks like they mm-hmm. have streamlined a lot of that stuff. Cause I think with the, I think the thing that they saw with people getting really excited about fantasy star online Two finally being available in the West is that people are really into it. Cause there's been this community around it. That's played the modded version of the Japanese version of the game for such a long time is that there is this huge community around that game. And now that it's accessible to everyone, I think it's probably, expose a lot of the weird overly convoluted systems in that game and trying to at least from what i can tell they're trying to make it a little bit more user-friendly and easier to kind of navigate through so i'm excited to see what they do the visuals look great so i'm excited to see how that turns out because i will definitely be playing and it's still free to play so i'm very excited yeah about that pso desperately needs especially if you're like doing this new one yeah. uh would be a good time to do it desperately needs like a really good onboarding process yes. and it is a like japanese ass mmo yep. for sure and i know for like when i when i played some of pso to on xbox when they just added it i was like this is really fun but like i'm immediately overwhelmed at how much shit's in here mm-hmm. like there's too there's too much going on that's all here immediately like, don't even show that. Like, I don't want a game. Sometimes I don't like when games gate things too much because it's too slow. Yeah. But it was just like so much at once. And I was like, give it to me. Mm-hmm. Give it to me slowly mm-hmm. over the course of like the first couple hours. Yeah. Um, and that's not like not even combat, just systems. Because yeah. like, all right, what's this currency for? What is this thing for? Yeah. Destiny is that way. And Destiny is not remotely as complicated as Fantasy yeah. Star. So I'm like, just. Just ease me. Just a, a better onboarding experience. It. And like even yeah. like Final Fantasy XIV has a better onboarding experience too. And that game has a lot of systems and things that you yes, can do it in does. it. But I still felt like I understood more of the systems by hour two or three, more so than I did in the first even 30 minutes of playing Fantasy Star Online 2. Um, yeah, was, 14 seems far less complicated than PS. Yeah, yeah. Me. And by the way, like I... I love Final Fantasy XIV as someone that doesn't actually play it, but I love everything about it, and I love how positive that community is. Like, there yes. are so many people that are in our Discord server and just people that we both kind of mutually follow on Twitter that are super deep into Final Fantasy XIV, and it's just been good, just consistently good. And I'm so happy that there is a game that is like that that is available to people right now because I feel like there aren't that many in terms of it, uh, in terms of the mm-hmm. MMO landscape that have kind of like yeah. withstood like the test of time over the past like five or six years outside of like World of Warcraft, right? But I'm glad that there is something else that's especially for the for like the, the anime nerds and the Final Fantasy nerds like us that has done so well. So I'm really happy about that. I wish I, I wish I I wish I were way more into that game than I than I want to be. I want to be so invested in that game, but I play it for a couple of weeks, and I think it's because I don't have a solid group of people to play with that it just doesn't hold my 100%. attention. Well, so they they just they just um, they just extended like how long the free like beta or not the free beta, but how long the the free tier for that game is. Yeah. Right. So I think it includes Heaven's Word oh, now. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and I, I don't know if it includes Shadowbringers, but it includes like 
a lot of new content. And so I keep getting me like, if I can find just even like one person to consistently play mm-hmm. with, which I don't, I'm not trying to throw a billion hours into an MMO, right. but if I can find one person to consistently play with at least through all of the free content yeah. with just to like get in there, yeah. I would be opposed because it's like, I've heard it's some of the best Final Fantasy stuff. Oh, yeah, time, completely. And I want to play that yeah. shit. So if I just treat it playing it like playing a Final Fantasy game through, mm-hmm. then that's fine. I just need to have someone to play yeah. it with. Um, but yeah, it's I'm excited for PSO to I hopefully get even even more of an audience and an easier onboarding. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I remember really distinctly from the uh, Series X game event was just like Halo Infinite looked okay. Yeah. And I know that the I know that three four three and the Halo team talked about how they wanted to go with an art direction that was back to kind of like OG Halo, mm-hmm. where it's like brighter colors, simpler uh, design. Like I know more of the modern Halo has definitely looked a little bit more um, gritty or more realistic, mm-hmm. um, which is totally totally yeah. fine. Like I know some people that love that about Halo and love Halo. Um, just for for me, like, and I'm sure this is also part of the fact that that game's not out yet. That game still has months yeah. of of touch up before it comes mm-hmm. out. Um, it, what they showed just didn't didn't say anything about next gen to right. me. And I think Xbox, when you're showing a Halo game for the new, that's like launching on the new hardware, mm-hmm. what you probably want to show people is something that makes them go, "Oh shit, wow, this is." I I need the new one because yeah. I want to play it and it look this good yeah. when I play it. And I don't think what they showed accomplished that. So yeah, I agree. I'm hoping that next time we see that game, we they show us something that gives us that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it wasn't clear it wasn't clear what that game is going to play like. Yeah, the the map seemed way way bigger. It doesn't seem like it's an open world, but it does seem like it's made up of like open worlds Areas, in a way. Yeah. Where you, yeah, areas where you can like choose to go do things mm-hmm. in different orders or whatever else, but not one big open world. So like maybe a little bit more Destiny in that mm-hmm. way, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be an MMO the way Destiny is. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still I like Halo games. Yeah. I'm still excited to see more from that. I just I understand why people were people dunked on it too hard. But I agree. I understand why people were were bummed about it in some yeah, ways. Yeah, like I get where that that comes from totally because it's like I think it's. Uh, the equivalent of Kingdom Hearts 3 for a lot of people, right? To where yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. were we were also like chomping at the bit for this game because it had been 13 years since Kingdom Hearts 2, and then we get it, and then it's like, oh. So like I I for for the people that love Halo, and I have a lot of people in my life that are like diehard Halo fans, like I want that to be good mm-hmm. for them. I want it to be good. So yes. I'm I want to be I want to be optimistic about what that game ends up looking like by the time it hits release. So here's hoping that it's good. I want it to be good. I want I want nothing more than for Microsoft to just like do well in this next console generation. Like I I personally think that we are so far beyond like culturally so far beyond the quote-unquote console wars. Console that is wars, just about yeah. These boxes are basically just, like, custom-built, not custom-built, but, like, box-ready-to-go PC towers that come with a controller at this point. They're all just... More and more. More and more yeah, just, absolutely. just, like, spaceship-looking alienware computers that play specific things. That's what these boxes are at this point. 
So I just want there to be good games for people to enjoy on whichever box they want. Like, whatever box suits their needs, I hope that that box gives them the things that they want. That's all that I want from this. Yeah. That's all that I want for, for games in general. Like, it's it's so much, like, I mean, it's a symptom of capitalism, like, as most things end up being. Because it's like, not mm-hmm. everyone can afford to spend money on both boxes. So they pick one, and no one wants to be the person that picked the box that doesn't have the cool things. No one wants... You don't want to be the Sega Genesis kid. I was that kid. Yeah, like... and, I, and I <laughs> You totally don't want to be the it. Genesis kid who doesn't have the Super Nintendo. You don't Right, right. And, like, I was fortunate enough to be the person that had both. So... But not everybody has that experience, right? So I totally... Yeah. So part of me having that opinion comes from being a person that had access to both of those things. So when we talk about these things, it has, it has to come back to capitalism and it has to come back to access to being able to access Mm -hmm. all of these things. So that's part of it as well. But as these systems have become more and more just the same PC boxes that have different shells on top that have specific games to those PC boxes, I just want everybody to have fun. I just want everybody to have Mm -hmm. fun with whatever box that they get and they just play the games that they want on their box. Look, I know I know me and my preferences. Like when next gen comes around, I will probably pick up a PS5 because um I know that Spider-Man is going to oh, be yeah. there and I want to play Miles Morales Spider-Man for yeah. sure. Um I know that the Dark Souls remake is going to be yeah. there. Like there Sony tends to have more exclusives yeah. that are the types of games that I give more of a shit about and want right. to play. Whereas, um, so far, most of the Xbox exclusive stuff that comes up is stuff that, like, I like Halo. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to play it. Right. Um, like, I like I like Gears of War. I don't feel like I have to play a Gears mm-hmm. of War game. Um, I like Forza. I don't feel like I have to play Forza. Right. Um, so that tends to inform... That's, like, informing my decision. Mm-hmm. That said, Xbox, like, user experience, um, games pass, yeah. like... Everything about interacting with the like customer experience yeah. with Microsoft and Xbox is so much better than everyone else right yeah. now. Oh, completely. Like, completely. I, I got Games Pass Infinite or Games Pass Premium, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, Ultimate. Whatever, Ultimate. whatever the fuck it's called now. Whatever the platitude. <laughs> um, like, I like I got it so I have it for like three years. Like, yeah. I upped my Xbox Live stuff and then did it when you could just transfer it over for like a dollar. And I was like, That's yes, of course, too. for a dollar. And it's just like. I consistently have really great games to play on my PC mm-hmm. or on my Xbox all the time mm-hmm. now. And that makes it so I don't have to buy games that often. Right. Like the only games that I've been buying lately, it's like, oh, it's a PlayStation exclusive. I need to go out and buy, like, I haven't played it yet, but like eventually I'll probably go and buy Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll probably eventually play Last of Us Part mm-hmm. Two, And like, I'll have to go and buy those games. Yeah. Um, and so until Sony offers something of the same kind, right. like, that's where me, I'm just like, that's where I'm like, ah, I hate that there's multiple consoles because if I could take the user experience that I have mm-hmm. and the services I have with Xbox, which is what Microsoft is really focusing on is those services with the exclusives of PlayStation, I'd be set. One box. No yeah, problem. Yeah, like my my whole thing is is like specifically like for Xbox, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, that when it was the PS3 Xbox 360 generation, I was Team Xbox. It also helped. So was I. I was 360 all the way. It also mm-hmm. helped that I worked at a Microsoft store, so I got 15% off of every game that was released mm-hmm. on the Xbox. So I, of course, I yep. played everything on the 360, and I loved it. Like the 360 had was was great. Xbox Live continues to be unmatched. They have been doing the online shit right since Xbox. 
they've been doing it right every step of the way. And it's taken Sony up until now to really catch up. And they still haven't caught up to the the services that Xbox Live offers. And the reason I still stand by this, that the reason at this point to own an Xbox is Games Pass. That is a reason to own one, period. Games Pass is so good. And that's why, like, and that's why with them doing, um, like, including xCloud streaming mm-hmm. with that, right? So now it's like, and technically they're incentivizing you so that you don't even have to have an Xbox to use Games yeah. Pass stuff. If you have an Android device, you're going to be able to stream a bunch of that stuff on there. Like, there's going to be reasons that you can just play their stuff wherever and anywhere. And I'm just like, yeah, like, that's good shit. We should be seeing more of that to give people more easily accessible ways to play these games. Um, and I love that yeah, shit about it. But their thing, their, their presser wasn't great. I think that we're, we're, I think there's a event at the end of this month for Xbox, which um, people are saying we're going to see, which it was confirmed that this is going to be a console. Uh, there is an Xbox controller leak for the new controller. Yes. And in the instruction manual for the new controller, it um, mentions the Xbox Series mm-hmm. S, which is going to be what's been codenamed up till now Lockhart. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be the like the weaker budget version of the Series X, um, my, which from what I've seen, yeah. from yeah. my understanding, mm-hmm. it's just going to be the 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 digital only version, like the like the Xbox One S, whatever. That's what I. That's so what I, was I don't reading. know. So from what I've seen, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be digital only or not. It might still have disc, but it is. You're going to have the Series X the same way like you had the Xbox One mm-hmm. X the Series X is going to be, like, the strongest oh, one. Yeah. Um, it's just that they're launching with that now. Mm-hmm. Then Series S or Lockhart, the specs that have leaked about mm-hmm. that, it's actually pretty similar in power to... Uh, in some ways, it's similar in power to the current Xbox One X. Yeah, which is why they are um, no longer manufacturing. That that makes sense, because they're not manufacturing the Xbox One X anymore. Exactly. What's what's going what's gonna to end up being the case? Or I think the digital uh, S is no longer being manufactured either. Mm-hmm. So what their things going to look like, I think moving forward is you're going to have the Xbox one mm-hmm. S that we currently have is going to be the base Xbox. That's going to be really yep. cheap. And then you're going to have the series S, which this is going to be confusing, but the series S, which I think is going to look like it, the, some of the early leaks, people think it's just going to be a shorter looking version mm-hmm. of, of the series X, um, is going to be your mid tier one. And then your top tier is going to be the series X. Yeah. Um, and that'll be their entire lineup. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they're doing that, that it's going to be like, you're going to be capable of playing these games across a bunch of different platforms, yeah. or not platforms, but rather different price tiers, basically, yeah. uh, of power. Um, but yeah, so that's that's good. Because maybe maybe I'll be like, oh, they announced the prices for the Lockhart for the Series mm-hmm. S, and I'll be like, I'll spend that. I don't want to spend as on on the whole thing right. like, as right. much. Um but I'll spend this. Yeah, like if it can play, it can um, play, if it can play the same games, and it's like, oh, this one isn't ready for 8K or or whatever the case may be for what the yeah. Series S is going to be. Maybe that's that'll be the one that I buy. So it's like, well, I I know that I'm not going to play my Xbox nearly as much as I'm going to play my PlayStation or my Switch. So if I want to get into this system for this new console cycle, like at least I, there's a budget one that I can get and still not miss a lot of the same experiences. So. I hope that that ends mm-hmm. up being the case. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping as well. And um, and I, I'm assuming just because it'll be surprised if they hold out prices longer, I would guess that means that end of August we'll maybe see prices for X and S, mm-hmm. perhaps. 
Uh, but I know that both Sony and, and them are holding off as long as possible so they can try to undercut each other. Yeah, a bit. exactly. Like, so we'll see. I, just, I, mean, I think it's going to be an expensive gen, yeah, though. It's, it's going to be expensive, for sure. And I don't I don't think we're going to see a $400 it's PS5. Gonna, it's probably going to be around 5 is what I'm... I think, I think we're going to see a $500 PS5. Maybe the digital one will be 400 mm-hmm. Maybe. And it's just um, going on my Best Buy credit card, so whatever. <laughs> so, there you like, go. I, yeah. You get 12 months to pay it off. Exactly. You get no, no interest for 12 months, so I'm just going to do that, probably. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's, see. let's see. Oh, I think I want to talk about this is not related to this. It's different though. Is um though they did show this game at the Xbox game event. Is um, Don't Nod has a new game coming out called Tell Me Why, mm-hmm. which Don't uh, Don't Nod uh, did Life is Strange. They do these like um kind of like narrative uh it they're not visual novels but they are kind of (laughs) um but they do these like narrative simple gameplay usually there's like a one interesting gameplay twist like um uh life is strange had a sort of like fast forward rewind mechanic if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. um that you use for puzzle solving so they did this really interesting interesting thing is um don't nod frequently has been having uh queer characters in their games or has been tackling like i think more progressive things than most games do in storytelling Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're watching, tell me why, I don't think they said it explicitly in the trailer, but it appeared that one of the characters was trans. It focuses on a brother and sister. Um, and so they put out a fact, if you go to tell me why game.com slash fact, and it's really cool. The game's set in Alaska and the, the fact has a bunch of questions and they're all these little, like, you don't see the answer to you click them and it expands into a drop down. Yeah. But it's set in Alaska, so like one of the questions in the fact is, what steps did Don't Nod take to ensure its representation of uh, Alaska Native cultures respectful? Mm-hmm. And they talk about like what research they did and what they wanted to do to make sure that they did yeah. that. Um, they uh, the uh, the trans character in the game, Tyler. There's a question: Is Tyler's birth name or dead name used anywhere in the mm-hmm. game? They address that immediately in this fact. Um, was Tyler's mother transphobic is a question that has a tag that says spoilers on it. So if you, you know that there's like maybe a spoiler for read this, but what's, what to me is really cool. Or like, there's also a, does the game depict any transphobia against this character? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a queer character in it. Uh, does this, uh, does it depict homophobia against this character or violence against them? Basically all of these things that could be triggering to people playing this game, yeah. they address in this fact so that if you want to, you can go read. Yeah. And, you know, and some of them are spoilers, but it's like, to me, that's so cool that they took the time and care to say, hey, this will narratively spoil some aspects of the mm-hmm. game. But if you don't want to be surprised by like violence towards uh, a queer or trans character in mm-hmm. this, you can go read our fact and we'll tell you, like, does that happen or not? Yeah. And then you can choose, like, okay, I don't want to play this game or I do. Um, which I think is a great way of like, if a game's going to tackle sensitive subject matter, mm-hmm. that is realistic. And we should be telling these stories and we should be tackling sensitive subject matter to do that while also being respectful of the communities that are playing these games. Yeah. And it's just cool. It's so like above and beyond I, I've ever seen any developer. And do. that's, I mean, and, and I think that this is the kind of stuff that like we're, that people are just asking for. Cause I think so much of what people, people being like cishet, people that are acting in bad faith are are doing is whenever we like we're talking about representation quote unquote in games is like hey let, let's just be conscious of of how we're going to represent marginalized communities in our content if you want us to play your games i think these are perfectly fair and reasonable questions to ask it's like hey like mm-hmm. 
maybe I don't want to spend my 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks on a game that has a trans, just because it has a trans character, if the game itself is going to be transphobic. Like, why would I, mm-hmm. why would I invest my hard-earned money into just being harmed by the representation of someone that has an experience that could potentially be similar to mine in a game. Like, why would I, why would I pay money for that? So. And it's, it's important for games like this, especially right now when these stories are so few and far between, you know, I think it's, it's important for there to be games that have, uh, that have trans and queer characters in them that, um, are fluffy and fine and nothing bad yeah. happens. And it's important to also tell stories where bad shit does yeah. happen because people are bad and, and we tell narratives. Um, I think those are things that both should happen and both be told. But I just, I love that like versus like um, Sony games coming out of Sony first party, like last of us where it's like the, the embargoes are so strict right. and you can't talk about any part of the right. plot. Like they're so worried about these leaks getting out and all this stuff. I'm just like, that's that's fine, and I understand why, especially if you have a big twist. I know there's big twists in, in Last of Us that happen. Like, that's fine, but when it comes to this sort of stuff, that you know that some of your some of your uh, players are going to be sensitive yeah. to, especially if they're part of these right. communities. It's not like it's not like they just put it out there and spoiled it. There's also stuff that you know that journalists are going to ask about mm-hmm. like, especially journalists from more progressive outlets are going to ask about, Hey, there's a trans character in this. How do you guys handle the trans matter in it? Instead of having people go, I think off message or inadvertently spoil stuff through that, through mm-hmm. that don't not just took control of the conversation was like, Hey, here's a fact. Here are these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that because it just, it makes it so it's like the journalist can then just focus on asking about the right. game and like the developer can just focus on talking about the game and the story, right. and we don't have to have, uh, we don't have to have these like awkward conversations or tiptoe around, tip-toe around uh, queer and trans tropes and narratives and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just yeah, that's part of the story. And if you want to know about these things for your own sake, for for content trigger warning purposes, you can go look yeah. at them. But to me, it's just it's such a cool thing. Yeah. I I really hope that we start seeing this from. More developers. I hope we do too. I think where it's great. they're not spoiling anything. Yeah. They just like the very top of the fact it says no. Some answers contain spoilers for the game, so please proceed with caution. Perfect. Like, so if you want to know, you can know, and if you don't want to know, you don't need to know. There you go. Um, and if someone spoils it for you on Twitter, that, that's that, not Twitter. That's Twitter, is, babe. Like, unfortunately, Twitter doesn't give a fuck. That's Twitter, unfortunately, Twitter does not give a fuck about spoilers because people want to fire off their hot takes as fast as they possibly can because the the dopamine. And the serotonin from getting those mm-hmm. likes and retweets, it's real. And people like that shit. So, who knows? The game might be trash. The game might do other stuff that's problematic mm-hmm. and fucked up. But I huge, huge respect to the Don't Nod team for doing that, yeah. though. For giving that, for putting that fact up. Because I've never seen that before. And it's, it's yeah, great. that's awesome. Um, so, as the resident fighting game head, um, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've had my opinions about Street Fighter V on the show for the past couple uh-huh. years since we have done this together. And I'm kind of like hot and cold on Street Fighter V in general because I, I haven't really enjoyed a Street Fighter game since Street Fighter Three Third Strike. That was the last one that was 2D. And the only 3D Street Fighter games I like are the EX games. Um, and Street Fighter V is neither of those. So mm-hmm. um, I am like a shooter, a shooter, a Street Fighter fan from afar at this stage in my life. And so Capcom just had a, had an event, a live stream, 
and they talked about the their Street Fighter V summer update for basically all the stuff that's going to be happening in 2021 with Street Fighter V. So they announced that we're going to get five new characters. And what's cool is that one of those characters are from my favorite fighting game to come from Capcom, yep. Rival Schools. Like, they're going to put You're Akira that. in Street Fighter V. So I, God, I, loved Akira. So I think, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking, that this is going to be like a... We're going to test the interest to see if people are potentially interested in us revisiting Rival Schools and bringing it back. Don't get my hopes up, though. Don't get my hopes yeah, and up. I, and I don't... Yeah, and so for me, again, I said this before, I don't know what this says about me, but like I don't get excited about things because I'm, I've only ever been disappointed. So I go in <laughs> having no expectations so that I don't get hurt. Um, so... Some of the characters in Street Fighter V, the models look great. So many of the models in Street Fighter V were outsourced to multiple studios. So that's why yeah. none of the characters look consistent across the board. So there are. I really don't like how Street Fighter V no, looks. No, I'm not a fan. Like, straight I'm up. I'm not a fan yeah. of how Street Fighter V looks visually at all. Yeah. Like, if Street Fighter leaned into it being cartoony, which bodes better for Street Fighter with how ridiculous those characters are. I think it would be a better looking game. If we had a Street Fighter game that looked like Guilty Gear Exard, uh, Revel- uh, Ooh, Revelator 2, no. that would be the per- that no. would be perfect. Uh, like, and that, like, that'd be beautiful. Because if you go, like, what I want you to do, listeners, is go Google Street Fighter Alpha 2 and Street Fighter Alpha 3 character art. Alpha 3 is the most beautiful Look at that game. art. Now, could you imagine if Arxis made a Street Fighter game that looked exactly like the art because it's possible. It's absolutely mm-hmm. possible with the power of technology that we have today. We could have a Street Fighter game that looks like that. But then go type in Street Fighter Five Ken Masters and look at that demon spawn of a character. <laughs> we could have had it all. We could have, but you know, that's going to be that should be the next Sony conference. Should be like with the power of the PlayStation Five, and they just show. Street Fighter Six, and it's with Arc Works, Arc System Works, and it looks like that because that would get, that would get people. I would cry. Like, I would literally cry if we got a Street Fighter game that looked anywhere as good as Dragon Ball Fighters or Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear Exert or um, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Like I, Ken looks Ken looks so bad. I, that it is my dream for Capcom to just like maybe we just lean into the anime bullshit. Maybe we just lean into it. Yeah. And I'd be like, yes, we don't do. need to look like a weird, like, like between Street Fighter and Tekken, mm-hmm. like Tekken's its own thing that looks good. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter is its own thing. It's, it's just, a, it, yeah, it's in a weird place. Yeah. It, Street Fighter five looks like play fighter to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> like a lot of the design looks like people just look like they're made out of mm-hmm. clay in a, way, in a way that is weird to me. I just don't look the textures. No, I don't like, um, I don't like them either. Um, they're like, there are a couple of character models that look great. It's like Zangief is probably the best looking character in that game. Zangief and um, and Boxer, or in the U.S. version of Street Fighter, it's M. Bison. Or if you yeah. are a Japanese player, it is um, Vega. Uh, Balrog? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, Bison, yeah M, like, M. Bison and Vega's names are switched in the in the U.S. release of the game because, because uh, Balrog is supposed to be and Bison because he is a he's made after Mike Tyson, so they didn't want to mm-hmm. get into legal trouble. So when Street Fighter came to the U.S., they switched the name 
from M. Bison, they called him Balrog, and Vega, who has the claw, his name was Balrog, and R. M. Bison, his name was Vega. So those three character names three were switched. switched around in the U.S. release. So if you are in the fighting game community, most people refer to who we know as Balrog, who is the Mike Tyson character, or M. Bison, just refer to him as Boxer. Like, that's how they ah. identify him. Let's call him Boxer. Because that's how they can just worldwide just confusing. understand who the characters that they're talking about. Because we have Japanese players mm-hmm. that are playing it, U.S. people that are playing it, people from all over the world that are playing the game, and they're not the same names. So they just call him Boxer. Um, but yeah, that's what they do to kind of make that make sense. So... Do you, do you remember that second disc for Rival Schools that was just all minigames? Yes, I do. There's like a home run derby I minigame. Do. There was the um, the uh, the sexy school nurse giving you a massage with the DualShock controller mm-hmm. minigame, which wasn't really a minigame. It was just literally <laughs> giving you a massage with the DualShock yeah, controller. Yeah, um, and so the fun, a little fun fact about Project Justice Rival Schools, uh, Rival Schools 2, um, in the yep. Japanese version... It had a character creator game that was like Mario Party to where you would like roll the dice and go around this board and and your character would take on attributes of the player characters. So by the time you (laughs) finish it, you had this character that had movesets from the various characters that you wanted. And they took that out in the Western release of the game and that when you just beat the game, you got this custom character that represented one of the schools that was kind of customized. So I missed that they took that out, but it was a mess of a game mini game but yeah yeah it was cool um but yeah. school is just so good bring get bring that and bloody roar back we, we are long overdue for a bloody roar remaster like re and no one's asking for it but tech romancer yeah what a weird game like tech romancer is not a good not, fighting yeah, game tech romancer is not that. a good fighting game at all but it's so much it's fun not, it is fun it's like, not a good just release like it has like a capcom's classics collection yes. of weird ass games from the dreamcast era that nobody played and just put uh cannon spike yeah again Great weird game. ass fucking games in the dreamcast God, well the, the dreamcast literally was just like hey we can finally pour all these arcade games to something so let's yeah, just put all these arcade games the, on the dreamcast, dreamcast ran on the naomi board which was the board for all of those yep. games and it, it it was great and they were mostly all arcade perfect ports so it was man it was great this makes you want to this does make me want to buy an old Dreamcast. I have two, <laughs> so like, because I because I thought that my my original Dreamcast didn't work anymore. So, but it does, yeah. thank God. Um, so I bought one at a local convention here in the Bay, and I bought one for like fifty bucks. It had two controllers and a VMU, and but they were they were uh, they were yeah. charging out the ass for games. So I'm like, no, I'll I'll no. get more games later on. But I have a working Dreamcast again, so... And, like, most of the Dreamcast games are not good. Not all of them are great. Because they're arcade game ports. Not all of them are great. But they're fun. Like, that's all of it. Like, they're fun. Like, I I wish the Switch would just have, like, a Dreamcast Classics, like, some bundles Mm -hmm. or something. Because they're all games that you really only want to play for an hour at most. Yeah, and the Naomi board works on Switch. Like, I read that article, like, two years ago that they got it to work. So I'm just like... Just do that. Just give me those Dreamcast collections and just let me... Because, like, I don't... Crazy Taxi's fun for an hour. Right. Most of the Dreamcast games are fun for an hour. That's about it. Um, but they're not great for longer than that, for the most part. Um, with some exceptions. Mm-hmm. There's some good Resident Evil games on there. There's some good uh, some good other games on there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else do we... Oh, speaking of Street Fighter, uh, Ono. Oh, 
left Capcom? Yeah. Um, so I'm like hot and cold about that because like Ono oh led the art like led Street Fighter Four. So yes. I'm like he's kind of responsible for <laughs> Street Fighter Four being what it was, and I did not like that game at all. Um, but it's sad to see anybody go. Um, but mm. the person that's now in charge of like what's of like all their titles at Capcom now has done a really good job because he was responsible for Resident Evil getting its kind of like revival, mm. um, Monster Hunter, like all the stuff yep. that Capcom has been doing now is great. Devil May Cry, like all their old IPs that they've been doing now are so good. So I still feel like they're going to continue to, because Street Fighter V, if anything that it's done successfully, it's done the games as a service thing very well. It's done that very, very yep. well. And they've just added on more and more content to the game as it's gone on. I my watch for if they just do a we're making Street Fighter Six. If they do that, I just want them to let it be cartoony, anime looking, and just like get back to like what people really loved about Street Fighter. And there are a lot of people that love Street Fighter Five. I mean, I could be the minority of the person of the group that like of contemporary Street Fighter heads that wants it to kind of go back to what it used to be. Like, I would prefer it to being a fucking beautifully made 2D Street Fighter game, but that's never going to happen. So if we at least yeah. get something that looks like Guilty Gear, I would be happy. But I doubt that's ever well, that's like when That's like when Marvel's Capcom 3 came out, and I was like, yo! And then I was like, nah, never mind. But, <laughs> like, so, I mean, and so my whole thing about Marvel's Capcom 3 is now that we got Marvel's Capcom Infinite, I'm like, I actually have a fonder appreciation for Marvel's Capcom 3, because that game actually well, for sure. have an art style. It tried to do... Yeah, Infinite is a mess. Yeah, mechanically... Super fun to play, but looking at mm-hmm. that game is a nightmare. So yeah, yeah can't do it. Um, do you want to do you want to hop into some questions from our listeners? Yeah, because like um, only other thing that I wanted to mention, I'm super hyped for the yes. uh, for Yashahime, the 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 Inuyasha continuation anime. I'm very excited about that. Oh, we're following like Sashomaru's mm-hmm. daughters, twin and daughters, in it, right? Inuyasha Who? and Kagome's kid. So like, I'm excited about that. One of those girls has that Colonel Sanders drip. Mm-hmm. She does. For sure. <laughs> she does. She looks like Colonel Sanders. Anime That's Colonel great. Sanders. We love it. Um, uh, we excited, love it. Love excited about it. that because as someone that recently watched all of Inuyasha recently, I still need to watch the movies, but mm-hmm. I like that series a lot. I do. I need to watch it. It's been so long, you so I need should. to rewatch it. You should. I, I would support you. I started having a big crush on... Who's the boomerang girl? Oh, Sango? Oh, she's the best. Yeah. Sango's the best. But uh, yeah, let's jump into some questions. We, of course, dipped into our lovely Discord server, who, by the way, is just phenomenal and got some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. First, from Quarter Moose, uh, which Nintendo handheld console is, was your favorite, and why? Handheld. Um, I think I think their best is the Switch. Yes. I think they're absolutely. I think their best. Yeah, their best is the Switch because again, it's we're getting the handheld and the console system together in one, and I think it was executed pretty well. I still want a Switch Pro that has Bluetooth so I can pair my damn mm-hmm. AirPods to it. Um, but um, if we're not counting the Switch, uh, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP mm-hmm. specifically for mm-hmm. me, that little clamshell right. is. Just, I mean, like the 3DS had a lot of really, really, really good games, mm-hmm. but the S. What I loved about the SP was it was a system that was 95% 2D yeah. games, but had enough power that the 2D games were really yeah, they were great. Um, all of the Mega Man Zero games, uh, Mega Man X Zero games on that system are great. 
Um, uh, the Final Fantasy Tactics game on there is mm-hmm. great. Like, it's a good, good system with a bunch of Advance Wars is on there, which yep. is fantastic. Um, the 3DS has, I think, maybe 3DS might have a stronger it library. Does. I would say I, I could I can say with like full confidence that I, that the, the 3DS has a way better library of games, probably the most diverse library of games that did some really mm-hmm. unique and creative things with the dual screens, like a really, really great, great send off for Nintendo doing a handheld system only. 3DS is fantastic. But the advanced SP was like the last time I remember being able to like actually put a handheld in my yeah. pocket oh, yeah. and have it on me everywhere yes. I went without carrying a bat. Like it was, it was, it was truly that small. Like the 3DS was like in, in the, the PSP and the 3DS were both big enough that unless you were like wearing some cargo shorts or some shit, um, like it was going to be hard to put it in your pocket. Also, the screens that you're worried mm-hmm. about. SP was a clamshell, so you're all good to go. Uh, it's just, it's one of my favorites. Um, favorite comic series out right now? I'm not reading a lot of Western comics, so right now? Um, oof. Uh, that's that's going to be like a tie for different reasons. Um, I, Chainsaw Man, mm-hmm. which is a current Shonen, Shonen Jump series, is great. Um uh, uh, Ghost Rider Time Ghost Paradox. Ghost Rider Time Paradox. That shit fucking That's so slaps. good. The end of every chapter. Every chapter is just like so what? good. It's also. Um, are you caught up with um, that, DJ? Yes. Has a new chapter come out yet? Sunday. Sunday. I'm ready. Oh, yeah, so I'm, ca- I'm caught up. Okay, so like that series also appears to be addressing to some degree like um, crunch. Like or like the lifestyle of mangaka of just like constantly turning yeah. out comics, killing mangaka or making them mm-hmm. really sick, which is wild yep. to yep. see in Shonen Jump. Um, it's also beautiful. The art is so beautiful. Good. It's like some like '90s ass, really good, mm-hmm. really good art. Um, the style's great. Uh, so Chainsaw Man, uh, Ghost Rider Time Paradox, uh, One Piece is obviously great, but I'm not current on it. Um, uh, Black Clover, like. People sleep on Black Clover, and that shit's so yeah, good. Yeah, like, the, the anime is bad. Like, the anime is just not good. I, I tried watching yeah. the anime. Um, both both Brandon and I really like it. Like, I like the ideas of it, but, like, I can't. I just can't watch it. Like, Austin's Aust- voice, like, and I just... Ugh, God, I can't. Just read it, because it's... It is... It is so mm-hmm. good. Like, it is... It is such a good... And it, it is 100%. It is, like... It is shonen. Oh, yeah. It is a shonen ass shonen, one hundred percent. But it is so good, and it does such a good job at being a shonen and being earnest. And it's it's just yeah. great. Um, Black Clover is was like the most surprising thing to me. Mm-hmm. That was like this is amazing. Um, but what I, what I probably look forward to most week to week right now might, might be Chainsaw mm-hmm. Man. Um, it's just it's so weird and it's so different from everything else that's in jump yeah, right now. It's very, it's very different from what I've read of Chainsaw Man. It, it is yeah, it is very much not what you would typically see in a jump in a jump book at all. No, it's very like B movie horror, mm-hmm. but they keep doing character stuff in it. That's like surprisingly emotional. That's really, really yeah. good. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just very good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Jai Moist has, think, a, has a question about uh, thoughts on the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at, and Nickelodeon being a bad company again. Um, so, yeah, um. again, <laughs> again, Nickelodeon doing things that I'm like, suck really bad. Like, they canceled uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There, there's still a movie coming out that's coming to Netflix, so I'm excited about that. But they canceled that for, for them to do two uh, SpongeBob spinoffs, which... 
the creator of SpongeBob, who is sadly no longer with us, didn't want. So now that he's gone, they're like explicitly did not want more SpongeBob. Yeah, to be he made. was like, no, that, there's there's no more. But now that he's gone, they're just gonna make more SpongeBob stuff, and I don't think anybody wanted that, especially the creator of that series. So it's just a shame because at every turn to where Nickelodeon does something really, really different and unique for their shows, it's the one that always gets the axe first. It's because they. One, they don't invest in, in in releasing toys for it, which is a big reason why the shows get canceled to begin with anyway. And and two, it's they're typically relegated to their either online-only um, platforms or somewhere that's not accessible for people to watch the show. So it's like they're dead on arrival. So I'm surprised that that rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was around for as long as it was. But I've just started, because I've wanted to find somewhere to stream it legally, but there hasn't been anywhere to do that. So I just bought the first season on iTunes, and I'm slowly starting to watch it now. So I hope it's one of the. Uh, I hope it's it happens to be a situation like kind of what happened with Glitch Text, which was a show that was originally supposed to air on Nickelodeon, which was then it was canceled before it even started. But then it ended up finding a home on Netflix, and then its next twelve episodes are coming out really soon. Which Glitch Text is also a pretty cool show. So watch that if you haven't seen it. Um, I hope that we see more of Rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because it's so good. It's so, so good. I know a lot of that team is going to be working on the new Lego. That new Lego show that's coming out. Yeah. Which looks great. Yeah. Might be the same studio Mm -hmm. even because it's a lot of the same people working. um, But it looks great. So I just hope that that I hope that no matter what, those people get to keep working on shit they like because they're they're Mm -hmm. great. They're so good. Um, From uh, Black Barbara Gordon. Uh, any thoughts on uh, DJ just had to inform me that act age is actually not pronounced act age. It's act yeah. age. Um, uh, act age uh, on the act age debacle uh, and how jump handled it. So uh, let's, how do I catch people up? The, so act age is, uh, uh, is a, is written and drawn. It's not one mangaka. It's a duo. Um, I think the uh, artist is like a 24 year old mm-hmm. woman. She's pretty young. Um, so, and the, the, I believe the writer is, 29 or in his early 30s so basically um uh, allegations came up of of improper conduct between the um the writer of uh act age and what was initially reported as minors um uh that i think eventually was clarified into it sounds like he assaulted some middle school girls uh on more than one occasion um and there's there's uh, security camera footage of it um, i don't have all of the details but last time i read that was basically like it he assaulted them i don't know to the degree the degree um so last time i read it sounds like they're pulling the series from jump at least temporarily or pulling the new issue from coming out um i don't know if jump's gonna do a whole lot more than that though given the fact that like this is like this is also like a really bigger discussion in um i always want to air on when i talk about stuff happening in a different country especially a different country with a culture as different as japan is from ours like how i talk about the stuff because i don't ever want it to sound like oh this is the thing that happens over there that doesn't mm-hmm. happen here because by all means this shit happens in america mm-hmm. too um but there is a i think systemic problem in anime and manga with how it treats underage mm-hmm. characters and sexualizes them um and we keep consistently seeing mangaka, especially mangaka at Jump, who 
end up being guilty of this yeah. shit. Uh, this shit. It happened with um, the Romani Kenshin mm-hmm. creator who like just straight up had uh, uh, which trigger warning I guess for this conversation. Um, I should have given earlier. <laughs> we'll put it in the mm-hmm. notes um, for the episode. But uh, for you know um, uh, child pornography um, and assault. But like he had, I believe, child pornography on his computer, and like the Kenshin writer got a creator got a slap on the wrist, basically. Last time I checked, mm-hmm. um, which is you know nothing uh, for for that. Versus you look at something like um, what are the voice actors for Judgment, the Yakuza mm-hmm. game, or like Yakuza adjacent mm-hmm. game, who I think got caught on cocaine charges, mm-hmm. and they took the game off the shelf, took his voice out of the game, had replaced his like. That game went off the shelf for months while they re-recorded yeah. that voice actor. Um, and so it's like, you know, like it's it is wild that like such intense lengths went through removing this person completely from this video game that had already come out for having cocaine, versus you take like the Kenshin mangaka like having child pornography and you know, I think that was around the same time that Jump Force came out and Kenshin's a playable character in it. Um so um, so it looks like, as of 13 hours ago at least, it looks like uh, Akdage was canceled, mm-hmm. which is good. I feel bad for, obviously, like, for the victims of, of this dude. Um, I also feel really bad for the artist who was on it, because the series was just starting to, like, really pick up steam as far as people paying attention to it and getting notoriety, um, and she seems like a promising young artist, um, and this is gonna this is something that she's gonna have to deal with in her career which sucks um for sure so i'm hoping that like she wasn't a like complicit in any of this and b can bounce back into something else um yeah it looks like uh they're ending the series um the final chapters of it are expected to be published in print only uh manga plus isn't gonna host the final chapter for it um there's been no updates given on the uh, the mangaka Matsuki his case since this was first reported on. Um, so I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, I think Shonen Jump. Uh, I was reading somewhere else. I don't think they have any women on their uh, editorial staff. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if that's the case, that's obviously yep. a problem. Um, Very much so. Yep. And. Uh, I think that there's obviously, again, we talked about, I opened up talking about this, but there's a systemic problem, I think, in that community that, you know, we we, we were talking about this before the podcast, where it's like, you look at My Hero, which is a super, super mainstream series, and Mineta is a character who's like constantly, constantly sexually harassing everyone, and it's just a joke. Um, And Mineta frequently, like, is it's joked about that Mineta is the the self-insert for um for Hor- for Horikoshi the mm-hmm. mangaka for that series. Um and that's not just in my hero, that's in most shonen mm-hmm. manga unfortunately. Like I can't fuck with Seven Deadly Sins um because the main character is just constantly sexually harassing yeah. everyone and it's it's the hero of the story and it's not treated like it's anything besides yeah. a joke. Um you know that that shit was in Dragon Ball to a, mm-hmm. to a degree. Um that's been constant and it's always treating this stuff like it's nothing or it's a joke like not that not that manga will make you do bad shit that you shouldn't do just like you know violent video games don't make kids violent but people also tend to like write what they feel or write what they know yeah 
And so if every time you're writing shit, it has that in mm-hmm. it, that might say something about how you feel about that or how you don't see it as a serious yeah. thing. So I think that's something that that is just going to continue to happen unless Shonen Jump uh, and uh, and other publishers address mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and, and not like just address it to the public, like address it internally, address it with the people right. they hire, the type of stories that decide to run, the type of stories right. they pick up. Um, and they have editors. Yeah. Like there's editors for all these mangaka that from what I understand, have quite a bit of power in when they're meeting with these, these artists uh, and storytellers of saying like, Hey, this thing's in this comic. And I don't really think it's like, maybe try a different direction. My understanding was like a lot of, um, a lot of Kishimoto writing Naruto, like a lot of how that series ended a lot of like Sasuke and Sakura ending up together, like all these things, a lot of things were things that he didn't want to Mm. do, but were really pushed on him by his editor as being what would be the pop Mm -hmm. thing to do. So, it's not like you don't have editors that can't be like, hey, maybe like let's not have so much sexual harassment, especially being perpetrated by heroes of stories. And these right, things. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I just want to get this out real quick. Um, I, I can't really, I don't want to speak too much on like the Act Age stuff just because like I work at the company that publishes that book in the U.S., so I'm uh, so again like the opinions the opinions that are expressed here on the show are my own they are not representative of my employer, um, so I just I'm not going to really speak too much on that but um, I would agree with what Ruben is saying on all of that on all accounts in regards to that but yeah um, yeah like it's weird like I I had a conversation about this on TikTok um, because this was like a couple of weeks ago to where um, again we're talking about like comic book artists and them being and some of them being shitty and all of that stuff and i really i really want people to really take the time to really understand and start to identify their um their unconscious biases because that stuff manifests in works of creators that you like so think so think about like a book or, I mean, I guess not necessarily think about that particularly, but, but, like, in the future, what I would say is if you're reading something and you're seeing, like, hmm, the way that women are being treated in this is not so great, or, oh, um, there are, like, no queer characters, or the way that some of the queer characters are being treated in this, like, is not so great, like, I would definitely, like, pay attention to that. And then also look at, like, the creators, especially if they're on Twitter, like, the kind of stuff that they're, what they're saying online and what they're tweeting. Like, I know that some people can separate the art from the artist. I am not one of those people, because as someone that is an artist, that we are often drawing and creating things of what we know and our own experiences and putting our opinions and our thoughts into the work. So really, really think about that. Really think about that and consider what's going on in the content that you're that you're consuming and what you're willing and what you are willing and not willing to uh, to to handle in the stuff that you are consuming. So it's just something that I think more people should really think about and consider when it comes to consuming content. And again, we say it all the time on the show that it is more than okay to like problematic things. Acknowledging that said thing is problematic is what's most important um and you can do whatever you want to do because there's no ethical consumption under capitalism so do whatever you want to do but you know i would just be mindful of stuff like that 
and, and that doesn't mean like um i'm i'm all for also like consume problematic yeah. content if you want to like i certainly um some of my favorite series are like full of problematic yeah, yeah, shit definitely but also for me like i'm also like when i see that stuff i go okay well i should also be prepared for this creator to maybe have some shit going on that i'm will will make me need to jettison mm-hmm. this like <laughs> because that might be part of why it's coming yeah. out here who knows right um, I was just looking into it just because I wanted to to remember correctly. The uh, Kenshin, uh, Watsuki, the Kenshin creator, um, I believe when the indictment was filed, he was hit with a 200,000 yen um, fine, which is two grand. So, like, he, you know, f- for having child pornography, he basically had to spend the cost of a nice couch, mm-hmm. like, which is yeah. fucked up. That's so fucked mm-hmm. up. Um, so, yeah, as far as, like, what's going to happen to this uh, Octaga guy, probably not much of anything. Probably a a fine, maybe some jail time because they have him assaulting people on camera. And I, again, I don't know the the extent of how much of how severe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was if it was um, sexual harassment or worse mm-hmm. uh, or something, you know, far worse or more invasive. Um, but what I'm hoping though is that like Shonen Jump um, and uh, Shueisha, by extension, who owns them, just starts making changes internally i don't think that'll be the case but that would be great um because it would make for you know right now if i look at shonen jump a lot of shonen jump feels very similar because a lot of it is that um and a lot of shonen has been that for a long time and it would be nice to see the shonen genre have more weird more different more diverse stuff going on in it um Moving on from Scarlet Queen, with today being August 10th, what's your favorite song of the summer? Uh, that that's a hard question. I don't. Let me. Uh, let me. DJ will tell you I'm so bad at keeping up with like new music. So let me look like, at my at my Spotify list right now. Okay, so I just I just googled top 40 because because <laughs> that's how old I am. Terrible. <laughs> so a couple of things that are on my list. Um. I would say um, Tap In by Saweetie is, like, one of my favorite songs of the summer. Um, it samples uh, Blow the Whistle by Too Short, which is, like, one of my favorite one of my favorite artists that, that's from the Bay. Um, love that. Um, um, I would say that um, Sour Candy um, is probably my favorite, my favorite song on uh, Lady Gaga's latest album, Chromatica. Uh, Rain On Me is really good, but Sour Candy, it features Blackpink, the K-pop group, and... It is so deliciously, like, ridiculous, like, cheesy, like, earworm pop music that it's, like, the serotonin that I get from listening to that song is what I want at all times. Like, I'm the kind of person that listens to a song on repeat for hours. So that's why I always, whenever I'm listening to, like, a new song that I'm obsessed with, I always have headphones in. Because I don't want to subject anybody else to my bullshit from when I'm listening to music. Um, let's... Wait, number 11 on the charts right now is a song called Blueberry Fago. Blueberry Fago is really good. I like that song a lot. Little Mosey? Yeah, I like that song a lot. This is this is me literally going through the, the, the Billboard Top 100 I just like, being like... I like Blueberry I Fago a lot. It's really good. Because um, I just go on like whatever... I just go on like the the top rated on Apple Music or Spotify and just listen and whatever I like, I put on my playlist. It's how I kind of uh, consume and find new music. Um, maybe maybe some Dua Lipa. Oh, maybe okay, some Dua Lipa for me. Okay, let me say this right now. Because Dua, Dua Lipa, Lipa has, great. has the album of the summer. That album has no skips. Every every single track, back to back to back to back. 
flawless. No skips. Do you like how I said do a lipo at first because I'm that out of touch? <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous to even just Ruben, listen to that album. It is so good. Every song. Talk about future nostalgia? Yeah, yeah, future nostalgia is, that's the album of the summer. That is the album of the summer. Oh, Don't Start Now is such a good so, song. Okay, so, okay, so, you know what? I think that, um, that. Break my heart. I think that COVID is, okay, I think that yeah. COVID is homophobic because I'll tell you why. Because if the gays, if the queers were able to go out this summer, Chromatica and Future Nostalgia would be bumping at every gay function, the world would explode. Um, hallucinate on Future Nostalgia. That, <laughs> that song is incredible. <laughs> and the music video, if you were high or on some other... Um, some other um, drug of your choosing, it's it's incredible. Like that video looks like Dude Lipa was like, oh, I want I want a music video like like Cuphead, the video game, <laughs> and that's what it, that's what it is. It looks like Cuphead, and it's it's great. That song is so good. Like, I need to. That needs to be like my my homework for this week is to listen to Chromatica and Future Nostalgia. Just I want you through. to listen to Future Nostalgia first. I want you to listen all the way through. Do not skip a single song. Uh, you you won't want to mm-hmm. skip a song because they're all good. Like every single song on that album is phenomenal. Um, I can't say the same for me personally for Chromatica, but it's Lady Gaga's best album that we've that we've had in a long time. It's very good. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, yeah, so my, my answer, I guess, is just <laughs> do a leap. Yeah, the um, album, I, I sure album like of the summer. Thanks for coming across the pound. I sure like your music. Um, Rina Sawayama's album is very good. It's weird. Her album is... I've listened to some of it, and what I've listened to is really dope, but it is weird. very weird. It's really, really weird. It gives me, like, early 2000s pop vibes and also, like, K-pop to uh, Itadu Hikaru vibes as well. Um, Excess mm-hmm. and Comme des Garçons are my two favorite albums on Rina Salway album's new album. Like, I will listen to those out al- those songs again on repeat for hours. So good. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's what I would say for sure. Um, yeah, I'll have to. That'll be my homework. Just listen to those two, and then I'll have to give you a, next episode. I'll give a, mm-hmm. a report, a book mm-hmm. report. Yeah, please do. I want to know your oh. thoughts. Like, please, I want you to text me. As you're listening to Future Nostalgia, I really, I, 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 need, do I need a play-by-play of you, like, experiencing that album for the first time. I will because do it. I'll do it. I promise. Because me and Brandon had it blasting in our house, and we were like, oh, my God. Like, how was it just, how was it still just so good? But, yeah. When you wake up tomorrow, shoot me a text and be like, have you started listening yeah. to it yet? And in case I haven't remembered to when I wake mm-hmm. up tomorrow while I'm working, and then I'll yeah. listen to it. Um, and I need the play-by-play. Play. Um, another question from Black Barbara Gordon we got. Um... What are your thoughts on games that focus more on building up a narrative uh, on your own slash creating your own world like The Sims and Animal Crossing to some extent? I've mostly seen straight dudes with a limited imagination tag them as not being real games and the communities these games form are as robust as an FPS community. Um, yeah, that's I mean, this is like what I was talking about with, with uh, Blazeball mm-hmm. um, early on is like I think that I think that people like especially like a lot of like quote unquote when you think of like the kind of straight white cis gamer Capital dude, right? G gamers. 
capital G gamer play Call of Duty and Madden, which are fine because Call of Duty and Madden are both fun to play and they're good games. Um, but like, yeah, some people really want uh, their handheld in a very directed experience or just a very like, here's the simple mechanics and here's it, here's what it is and it's skill-based or I like competition, so here's competition. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but some people want to like have more... Um, more authorship yeah. in their games. And that's why, you know, I do think that's why you see with things like um, Animal Crossing or The Sims being more popular with demographics that aren't like capital mm-hmm. G gamer, which is like women or or the queer community um, or, or people that are non-binary or, or genderqueer. Um, and that's, I think it's really, really good because I think uh, there's, there's an old quote from um, the creator like the main creator of Gundam. I can't remember his name mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Um, but he specifically talks about how like Gundam really early on had a huge female mm-hmm. fan base. Um, and he basically talks about, I think I've mentioned on the show before, but he talked about how like he was like the true fans of this series are the female fans because they're the ones that like create fan art and are making their own stories in the universe and, and like basically making fanfic. Um, and this is back, you know, Gundam was in the uh, six, late 60s, yeah. early 70s was when Mobile Suit started. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, in 1979, right, was, was when Mobile Suit started. And so I think like giving people the room to have that yeah. authorship, it's great. I mean, that's that's also how like, uh, you know, <laughs> not that I love it or it's the best example, but something like um, uh, Twilight, mm-hmm. right? Twilight started off as Fifty Shades of Grey fan fiction. No, vice versa. It's the other way around. Fifty Shades of Grey started out as Twilight fan yeah. fiction. And like Fifty Shades of Grey, I I, I don't yeah. like it. But it, but it was someone wanted to create something and make something based on something yeah. they liked a lot. Um, and it made them a fuck mm-hmm. ton of money. And I think that a lot of other people liked too. Um, and that to me is always like... Uh, same with like the, look at the, the Fire yeah. Emblem community, right? So much of the fun of Fire Emblem to me was reading like the fake like fire emblem twitter conversations yeah. that just personify those characters yeah, really well that. or get their voices really well so as um i guess like my thoughts about it i think it's i think that is interesting that those communities are largely not straight yeah. white men i would have to sit down and think with it a bit more to like have a theory mm-hmm. about why that's mm-hmm. the case um besides just the fact that those those uh those more like capital G gamer hardcore games are heavily gatekept yeah. um and have really really toxic yeah. player bases so you know it <laughs> might not be why there's as many people of 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 not that exact demographic mm-hmm. in them um but it's great i love that like the re- again the reason why baseball is cool to me right now is because it's the entire thing's being all the story and interesting bits of it are being filled in by the community. The game is basically just like writing prompts for people to go crazy with. And I love that. Yeah. Like I love that stuff too. Like I like, I mean, again, like all of this shit comes back to capitalism. Like it all at at its core, it all comes back to capitalism. And I, I just Mm -hmm. think, I think about like the way in which like dusty, crusty, like, not washing their ass, having ass straight dudes that play all these video games that constantly are telling people that are like, like because Animal Crossing is popular, like, well, Animal Crossing is not a real game. Like, like that's not a real game. It's like, it, it, it's a fucking video game. It is a game that you go to GameStop or whatever other 
fucking electronics retailer that you put into your Nintendo Switch, a game system, and you turn on and play. It is a video game. That is what it is by definition. Stop gatekeeping games. It's because it's not a run a run and gun shoot man game or fucking 2K. Like, does it make it less of a video game? Like, stop it. Like, there are different types of video games for different types of people, and not every game has to appeal to you. Let's normalize not everything needing to be for everybody. Not everything is designed for everyone. I think so people so many people get so caught up in like being like, oh, like this game doesn't do this or doesn't do that. It's like, well, maybe, maybe it doesn't. And there's and there's absolutely room for criticism, which is what we'd like to do on the show all the time. Like to, it, we should be criticizing everything, all the games that we play and taught and having these conversations. But we should also be saying like, hey, well, this might not necessarily be for me, and that's okay. There is a whole demographic mm-hmm. of people that love this, and it's just not me. And that's fine. I wish more people could could just, like, understand that not everything has to be for them. Not everybody is going to be into people... Animal Crossing, and that's okay. Yes. Let people yeah. like what they like and play what they want to play. And, like, feel free to have opinions about yeah. it for sure. But still let them. Like, I certainly have opinions about it. That's why we do yeah, this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> But th- I'm not going to, like, by all means, play that thing exactly. you want to play. Yeah. Uh, or do that thing they mm-hmm. want to do. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, ooh, a question from Holly. Uh, here's a question. Which iconic dish from an anime would you love to try? Um, I can't think of a specific dish, but literally any food from any Ghibli yeah. movie. Because Ghibli just always makes food look so yeah. good. <laughs> Like, so intensely good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it makes me hungry every time I yeah, see Julie I would food. say that, and then I would also add to every dish that was made in Food Wars. Um, yeah, oh, true. so I, I really want to try that bacon-wrapped uh, potato dish that they made in the first, in, like, the first episode of the anime and, like, the first volume of the manga. That looks so fucking good. Just, like, potatoes that's, like, absorbed in, like, bacon juices sounds incredible so i would love to have that uh let's see one more another question from holly um which this one this one is makes me sad but also happy mm-hmm. to think about um imagine we're in a world where conventions are happening uh you're doing you're done tabling for the day and you're going to meet up with some friends what's your post con hangout game plan questions and this question's in honor of flame con which was supposed to be this weekend mm-hmm. um dang well i mean God, if it was FlameCon, it would be me and DJ getting some Carpicio. <laughs> <laughs> getting drunk and then going to Forever 21 at like 2 a.m. Yeah. Which, which was, was amazing. In Times yeah. Square, which is wild. Um, and then making making dumb Instagram videos. Um, the one that came to mind to my mind immediately, just because it's probably my fav- favorite con that um, I do with my partner, is MAGFest that we do in D.C. Mm-hmm. every year. Um MAGFest is in National Harbor, Maryland, and there's a bunch of little restaurants around it, um, around the the Gaylord, which is the hotel Mm -hmm. it's held in. Um, There is a restaurant there called The Walrus, which is a seafood place that's like clams. Like, they're just, it's a a great Mm -hmm. clam place. Uh, Oyster, rather. It's a great oyster place. Um, Their oysters are fantastic. Um, They have a uh, shrimp, uh, not shrimp, a uh, lobster... uh, a lobster roll that's just oh, like God the Sounds fucking so best. 
it's like expensive, but it's worth it. Like when we, so it's like when we are at Magfest, like we will end up eating at the, at the Walrus like two, maybe yeah. three times over the course of the four days we're there, four or five days. Um, uh, and Aaron's always like, it's just, I'm making money at this con I, and I'm tired. So I get to deserve mm-hmm. this. Um, or going to Nando's because there's a Nando's right there and we don't have those uh, in Georgia, which is their chicken's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's usually like, like what doing whatever we need to do to the table mm-hmm. before we leave and then going to grab dinner together somewhere. And then after dinner, making like some drinks, putting them in inconspicuous mm-hmm. bottles and then walking around, either walking around the con and just like checking mm-hmm. stuff out or just like staying in the fucking hotel room with like two or three other people that are not in our room. Yeah. Like no big parties, just like a couple friends, usually other people that yeah. are tabling and like sit down, count your money. Hopefully it yeah. was a good day. And then like watch some dumb shit on the TV and drink. Um, and yeah, relax. that's like absolutely like the best part of like the con experience. Um, one of my favorite moments um, is with my friend Steen's like, I will never forget this. It was Mm -hmm. um, Emerald City Comic Con 2017. 2017. No, 2018. And I was staying in the hotel where the, where quote unquote bar con is always held at Emerald City. So her and I both love um, shitty Bravo reality television shows. So there is a show that's called Vanderpump Rules, which is a spinoff of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with one of the former castmates, uh, Lisa Vanderpump. And Lisa Vanderpump owns a tons of restaurants in Los, Los Angeles. And one of the restaurants she owns is called Pump. And she, the show centers around her entire wait staff of that restaurant. And uh, so basically, Pump and, Pump and uh, Villa Rosa are the two restaurants that it centers around. And Lisa Vanderpump has her own sangria. So as a joke, <laughs> like, we were like, oh my God, we should totally get the Lisa Vanderpump sangria and drink it at Emerald City. So she did. So she got it. And so we got to the convention and she came up to my room and we just like, with like the Starbucks cups that they give you in the hotel room, we each poured like mm-hmm. half of the sangria, which was like 90% like Welch's grape juice with like a little bit of the alcohol. It was horrible. And so we just drank that and went to BarCon and just, like, had a fucking blast. Like, it was great. And then my other favorite moment, you've already said it, it was when we were at FlameCon together. And we, we shared we shared the same room and we just, like, ran out and just bought, like, shitty, shitty drinks and pizza. And just, like, went back to the hotel room and, like, talked shit and had a couple friends over. And, like, that was it. Like, that those are my perfect post-con activities. Like, I used to be really, really about, like, this is, like, before, like, I started doing, like, like, book, like, comics professionally, like, trying to, like, get in and meet people and all that stuff and network or whatever. Um, now I'm way more interested in having, like, more intimate moments with, like, people that I don't get to see very often, where I only really do get to see them at shows. It's, like, maybe, maybe six to eight of us will go to dinner and have drinks and just, like, talk and get to know and get to like continue to know each other and establish our relationship as friends and and creatives like in the same industry just trying to do the best work that we can and just having a good time like that's what i love about conventions i miss that more than anything it's just being with people that i don't really get to see very often and just getting to like Mm -hmm. hug them and say hi and, and tell them in person how much i love and support them and all that stuff i really miss it 
Yeah, that's, I mean, something about, like, obviously I don't table at cons. I'm usually either sitting with Aaron to, like, assist her or, like, mm-hmm. watch her table. Or I'm usually, usually I'm running yeah. errands. Like, I'm running around to, like, grab water or grab lunch for Aaron and, like, usually a couple of their friends mm-hmm. are tabling. And then just, like, doing con stuff. Um, but it is, like, I understand from, like, a doing performance perspective, like, you're on mm-hmm. all day. Um, you are, like, performing at your table really? in a way because you have to be personable. You you're you're selling. Um and so I think when I was younger, yeah, definitely like and maybe one night of the con, two at most, you're like, yeah, let's go down to the hotel bar and like network and, and schmooze and see people and or let's go to a party or mm-hmm. like any of that. But certainly as I get older that becomes like less and less appealing and it's more just like, well, what if what if we just go to the yeah. room? And what's the easiest way for me to get food yeah. and alcohol? <laughs> like that requires the little, the, like the, 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 how the fast minimal just, amount like, of effort possible. Is DoorDash available? How fast can I take off my pants? Can they DoorDash to the hotel? Like, when I found out, when I found out that uh, in DC from Hagfest, there was a, there's a booze delivery service mm-hmm. in DC. Um, just like you, just like you can do Postmates mm-hmm. or anything else, but it's just for liquor, and it wasn't that big of an upcharge. I was just like, this is it. This is, I don't have to spend a bunch of money, like more than I should spend on drinks. I can just have a bottle of something delivered, get a bottle of wine, get some whiskey, use that Mm -hmm. for the weekend, order some bad Chinese, some pizza, whatever, and just, and just, just relax. And ideally, yeah, relax with a friend that I haven't seen. Like I so desperately look forward to cons usually like to mm-hmm. see dj because we go to similar mm-hmm. cons or like i want to go back to emerald city really bad because i haven't seen nigel yeah. in forever um like that's what cons yeah. are for me is like seeing artists that i really really love that i don't get to see who are just good people i agree 1000 percent. i miss it yeah i miss it a lot too um until there's a vaccine i ain't going to no fucking conventions anytime soon um no fuck, fuck no. that um, not doing it. You're not going to see him on an airplane unless there's like a massive right, emergency. Yeah. I, yeah, if, I, as much as I hate being stuck in either an airplane or a car, particularly I hate being stuck in a car for any extended amount of time. I would prefer to fly, yeah. but I will drive. It's not a far drive. I will drive to LA and see my friends yeah, it's like in LA. Five hours maybe. I'll, I will do that. But I... Unless it's an emergency, I am not getting on an airplane anytime soon. Yeah. Just, just ain't mm, worth not, it. Not right now, anyway. Well, DJ, that's probably... Well, actually, we yeah. have one more question, which which has no context, which I love, um, from Professor Litwick. I probably missed the question deadline, but should I punch my boss in the face? Yes or no? Um, more than likely, um, just based on our experience of knowing, of knowing um, Litwick for as long as we have... They probably deserve it, so punch them in the probably. face. Yeah. I'd say probably, yeah. Also, if you're if you're asking if you should, like, I feel like deep down you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. the answer. Only only you can know what's in your exactly. heart. Let your heart Let your be the guiding key. Heart be guiding. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm so upset that we both. <laughs> See, this is why we like, both we were so good. No one can take so us guys, seriously. And no one, and no one and else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like no one will take us seriously. Some, somehow we suckered people into marrying us. Yeah, Who knows? exactly. Um, well, well, that's it for this week, everyone. Thank you so much yeah. for listening. Um, and uh, hit us up with reviews and uh, uh, likes 
ratings on iTunes and wherever else you're listening yeah. to podcasts. Um, share us with your friends. Uh, let's bring more people uh, into the the, the yeah, fold. People fam. are looking for a place yeah, into the magical. Yeah, cities. people are looking for a place to get uh, uh, queer POC friendly uh, discussions on uh, nerd shit. Um, me and DJ, we talked about it before. We're still working on some stuff to bring some new content and maybe some changes to you guys mm-hmm. in the near future. So look out for that. Um, and until then, just you know. Um, oh, and also, if you have feedback, if there's stuff that you're looking like you'd love to see in the show that's not happening, or stuff that you're like, oh, these guys they do this sometimes, and it's not. This is when it's like I don't care about yeah. listening to it. Let us know because uh, we're we're right now in a, a place where we we really want to tighten the show up and mm-hmm. overhaul it to make it um, more fun for you guys to listen to. So uh, let us know on the Twitters or on Discord um, and DMs on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Just drag me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that'd be great. And in the meantime, just stay safe. Stay inside yeah, when you can. Please. Um, I mean, our community is really good, but like wear a mask. Like, and wear a mask. to all of, all of y'all that are essential workers, like, thank you for what you're doing. And I hope that you're safe and doing everything that you can to be safe in all this craziness. And I hope that all oh, your loved yep. ones are, are safe and sound And that. I hope my biggest hope for y'all is that you are able to find moments of joy in all of this, because we are in the darkest timeline right now. And yeah. I hope that even amidst how shitty things are right now, that you're able to have moments where you can really laugh and feel joyful and be happy in in a really crazy time right now. So, uh, yeah, you know where to find us online. You can find me at Oh Hey DJ on everything. That's O H H E Y D J on everything. And Ruben, where can they find you? Uh, R O double B. Oh no. R double O B O T S, uh, on Twitter, Rubots. Um, and you know, I real quick, just cause DJ made me think about it. Um, talking about the darkest timeline that we're in. Um, uh, Check that you're check that you're registered to vote. Yes, um, and you know, uh, I for the most part, I would encourage everyone to do get their mail in mm-hmm. ballot stuff figured out because of what's gone with COVID. Um, with the events of the past couple of weeks, with the USPS leadership getting gutted, and it seeming more and more likely that by time the election happens, the USPS is going to be um, significantly crippled mm-hmm. in a lot of ways that personally make me concerned about voting. Um, yeah. Mail-in voting. Not that I think because uh, there isn't really good precedence or evidence for fraud, but just for your votes even getting there because of the USPS being overloaded mm-hmm. with them. Um, try to keep an eye out for early mm-hmm. voting wherever you live, when it's happening and where. Um, and if you can safely go to early vote um, in, and uh, hopefully in as, as little crowded as possible of a, as a precinct to vote in. Um, think about trying to do that so that we can keep um, uh, mail-in voting uh, less congested. So the people that truly, that are high risk, that are really, really at risk going out with this pandemic going on, um, can do that, can do the uh, mm-hmm. mail-in voting. Um, normally I wouldn't advocate for that with this pandemic yeah. going on, but with what's been happening the past couple of weeks, um, the way it looks right now, I would just be dubious of of how the USPS is going to be able to handle the influx of uh, of things to do with mail in voting. So just keep keep tabs yeah. on that and and make um, make the decision that feels yeah, right for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, I know that like the options aren't great, and I know that voter apathy is real. And given the circumstances, I understand why everyone or a lot of people are apathetic. But I mean, I would 100%. I would really. <laughs> 
encourage y'all to really, really take a look at what's happening in your communities locally. Like, again, the president is only one part of it, yep. but it's really what happens in with your local government that really has a much bigger effect on your day-to-day lives. So, again, looking for those those, sen- those people that are up for re-election for their Senate seats, look at those options and see, and get, and try to get as much information you can behind those candidates and see what they're about and see who aligns with your values the most and vote them into these positions. Because, again, these things have to pass through both the House and the Senate. So vote for your senators and all of that stuff. So be mm-hmm. just, you know, do the research, look into it. We This is probably going to be one of the most imp- most important elections in our lifetime. And the the precedent that this election can set for our the rest of our lives, I think, is really important. So, yeah, it's not just about the president. It's about, again, what's happening at the local level, wherever you're at. So we love you all very, very much. Stay safe out there. Stay hopeful. Stay queer. Stay amazing because you're all amazing. And uh, we'll see you next time.